No. What's your least favorite scary movie? Some animals ain't fit to be trained. Welcome to What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the absurd and all of our favorite and least favorite scary movies. Because we believe every horror movie rightfully has its fan base. Even if we don't always get it. My name is Travis. My name's Jesse. And welcome back, everybody. Yay. We are talking about our very first Jordan Peele movie today. I can't believe it's taken us this long. I know. Truthfully. It's, yeah, it's been it's been long overdue. And we're going out of order. Yeah. But we're talking about his most recent one, which came out last nope. year, 2022. Nope. That's right. But before we get into any of that, do you have any announcements? Um, On Sunday? Sunday. 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 <laughs> we'll have our um Scream series wrap up. Yeah. Because next week we are starting our new franchise. Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna be talking about Saw for the better part of a year. So oh, yeah, buckle up. That's gonna friends. be a, it's gonna be a wild, wild ride. I can't wait for it though. Oh uh, yeah, Saw. yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, but yeah, so we'll have that as a bonus episode out on Sunday. And you know, just a reminder again about the ongoing SAG after strikes because we wouldn't have wonderful movies like Nope without writers and actors. And they deserve to be recognized for their contributions. They deserve fair working conditions. And if you're one of those people on the internet who says, AI is going to replace actors and writers, then I'm sorry, but I question your taste a little bit. I mean, we all have our own taste, but you don't get originality (laughs) with AI. Like, AI um, literally is recycling old ideas. If you are thinking that, I recommend trying to watch that AI-generated Seinfeld that's, like, going on (laughs) continuous loop. It's pretty fucking bad, yeah. <laughs> but it's entertaining as like a novelty thing. But like if it, I don't like the idea of AI doing a full if, on takeover. Yeah, if I if AI takes over Hollywood, we fully moved into like a dystopian future hellscape, and all hope is lost. Yeah, yeah. So let's sure. not go down that road. Let's support the creative people who make art happen. Let's do it. All right. Well, if that's all you got, I've got our poll results from last week's movie. All right. I I forget the polls every single time. Okay. Every single time you're like, I've got poll results. And it's like it's news to me all over again <laughs> that we even had a poll. Well. And the polls were my idea in the first place, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. Well, okay, Lauren, with everybody else today, what the results were. So last week we talked about the hunt. Mm-hmm. And we asked everybody who you would like to have seen more of from the movie. So our four options were Yoga Pants, Emma Roberts, Vanilla Nice, Sturgill Simpson, That's Sexy. I we don't know. Her name. I don't know. Who she I was. know her name, but yeah. I forgot her name. I'm really sorry. <laughs> that feels hateful. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and Staten Island. Ike Barinholtz. Yes. See, that's even worse. I knew all three of the other ones. I'm so sorry, Dead well, Sexy. You other, did a really good job. The other three are more in line with like the things that we enjoy. Yeah, we've time. watched them in multiple <laughs> things. That's why we know them. Yeah, like those are the only people I know from that cast. Everybody else is kind of just whatever. Except for like, we'll talk about like all the people that get hunted, at least. Either way, whatever. So on Twitter, 75% want more yoga pants. Okay. 25% want more vanilla nice. Okay. Nobody wants dead sexy and nobody wants Staten Island. Aww. <laughs> On Instagram, 38% want more yoga pants. 12% want vanilla nice. 12% want dead sexy and 38% want Staten Island. So there's a tie between yoga pants and Staten Island and vanilla nice and dead sexy. Okay. 
What's your vote, Travis? Vanilla and Ice, dude. Like I, that's what I said last time. I think Sturgill Simpson is a surprisingly good actor. He brings some a lot of entertainment to the things that I've seen him do. And I think given that role that he had, I wish we would have explored it more because seeing him as a like ultra right-wing conservative in Righteous Gemstones was kind of entertaining despite him being a gross character. Yeah, he, I forget he makes what it, it fun. was that he wanted to rename the Brothers of Tomorrow's Fire or whatever I don't know. militia is called. Protests and statues. Rename, yeah, protests and statues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like something about the monuments, whatever. Like the Confederate monu- yeah. monuments, I think. Yep, that's that's 100% what they were yeah. talking about. <laughs> okay, what about you? Um, okay, so we talked about this a little bit last week, too, because obviously I am in love with Emma Roberts, but I I don't need more of this character from her in this movie. I am about to take you down my annual fall rewatch of Scream Queens, True. and we'll get a lot of the same kind of beats from her with that. Plus, after we talked about The Hunt last week, we went and watched Scream 4, which yeah. we got more Emma Roberts there. Yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. There's plenty of stuff for her out there. I enjoy Ike Barinholtz, and I think he's very funny, so I think it would have been fun to see what he could do. But I love the fact that Sturgill Simpson was cast as Florida Man, and I feel like we needed Florida Man I agree. In, in this movie. We needed to take advantage of having a Florida Man. I wanted to know exactly what was going on with him. Yeah, he had the look. He looked yeah. very Florida. Yeah. So that's my answer. Okay. <laughs> Plus, as uh, I believe it was Chad said on Twitter, Kentucky got to represent. Yeah, he's a Kentucky boy. <laughs> he's not too far from where I am from, actually. So it's kind of cool. All right. Okay, well, that's done. So uh, let's get into Nope. 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 Okay. <laughs> so Nope released July 22nd, 2022. We watched it on Amazon Prime. Um, as of today, August 13th, 2023, you can stream it on Prime, which is the only place it's streaming, or you can rent it on Redbox, Apple, Amazon, or YouTube. It's written and directed by Jordan Peele, music by Michael Abels, and special effects are done by MPC, which stands for Moving Picture Company. Very fitting. Yes. <laughs> uh, the leads on that are Guillaume Rocheron, Jeremy Robert, and Frederick Wiesau. Starring... Daniel Kaluuya as OJ, Kiki Palmer as Emerald. Speaking of Scream Queens, you're about to see a whole lot more of her because you didn't know that she was in both seasons until we were talking about it last night. Yeah, she's. Uh, I'm excited to see more of her. I don't feel like I've actually seen a whole lot of her in things before. I've seen her in this, and I honestly can't tell you even another thing. She was in an episode of Key and Peele. Okay. Yeah, so she's worked with Jordan Peele before, actually. Okay, that's fitting then. Uh, Brandon Perea as Angel, Steven Yun as Jupe, Michael Wincott as Antlers, who I mistakenly wrote down as Anters the entire time. Anters? Yeah, but it's Antlers, <laughs> which surprised me whenever I learned that. And Keith David playing Otis. All right, right. Jesse, our favorite game. Budget, Budget or What do you think? Oh, this is Jordan Peele's third outing. There's a ton of effects, a stellar cast. I'm going with budget. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this thing, like, there's no way that this thing could have been made cheap. And I've seen some of the behind-the-scenes stuff to see what it looks like, and they fucking went all out with all their stuff. So the budget for this, $68 million. 
Okay. Opening box office, $44 million. Right. Worldwide gross, $171 million. IMDb, 6.8. Okay. All right, I got three movies. We have talked a lot about 2022 <laughs> here recently, so I did my best to pick ones that I think we haven't talked about. Uh, there's really no way to do any thematically similar movies here, so I did the best I can. The first one I feel like actually is kind of close, and that one is Prey, which Prey is a prequel to the Predator movies. Okay. Which is about an alien form coming to Earth to hunt people. But I don't okay. necessarily know what this one is about. I don't I've I've not seen a single Predator movie, so I don't really know anything about it. I don't know the lore. Um I just I just know they exist and I know that this one existed and people loved it. So that's the thing. It's a Hulu movie, so if you if you are interested, watch it, I guess. But that released August fifth, two thousand twenty two. Budget of sixty five million. Wow. Worldwide gross uh, doesn't exist because it went straight to streaming. Yeah. And the IMDb is 7.1. Wow. Yeah, so it was more expensive and it has a higher score than Nope, which is weird. I thought you said Nope was 68 million. No, Nope is 44. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, never mind. You're right. So, yeah, it's about as expensive. Okay. Three million shy, whatever. Both expensive alien movies. Good at keeping track of numbers over here. Number two. Dark Glasses. Oh, shit. Yeah, so this is uh, the 2022 Argento movie that came out. Uh, that was kind of a cool one because we got to see that one on its premiere because they premiered it as a surprise movie on Shudder. Yeah, Shudder was just like, guess what, bitches? We're showing a worldwide premiere at 9 o'clock on this day. We ain't telling you what it is. Yeah. And we tuned in, and it was. Da, 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 da. I was not expecting that movie. I I I can't even remember what I was thinking it was going to be, but yeah, everybody assumed it was going to be something else. Yeah. So it was a very pleasant surprise. Fuck yeah, it's a good movie too. Like we still got it. Honestly, if I say so for myself, that movie came out October thirteenth, two thousand twenty-two. Don't have a budget for it, mm-hmm. but the worldwide gross was two hundred and twenty-eight thousand. Okay. IMDb five point one. Okay. And the last one, I know that this one is kind of a 2023 movie, but it did have its premiere in 2022, so it. it'll count. It is Skinamarink. And okay. that is one that we have yet to watch because we don't know how we feel about it before we even start it. I was willing to give it a shot until I heard more and more and more about it. It sounds like a very experimental movie that I just don't have the time for. An experimental movie that is like really, really long from like, what I could gather. Yeah, and I understand some people love it, and honestly, more power to you, but none of what I've heard about it appeals to me, and I just, life is too short. Yeah, maybe one day give it a shot, but not anywhere near the top of my list right now. Yeah. Well, it premiered July 25th, 2022, with a budget of $15,000, worldwide gross of $2 million, so that's a pretty that's, good return yeah. right there. IMDb of five, so it seems like the internet's pretty evenly split on it. Yeah. All right. Got two taglines, and you're going to hate them both. Oh, no. Yes. So the first one that is on the poster is a new terror from the mind of Academy Award winner Jordan Peele. Okay. Does the other one mention something about Get Out? No, it doesn't, actually. This one, I don't know. This one is just too wordy. 
The residents of a lonely gulch in inland California bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. It just sounds like a synopsis, honestly. Yeah, that, it, like it sounds like you're scrolling on Netflix. Yeah, that's like that's what it's trying to get you to watch the movie. Yeah, that's not a tagline. I don't know. So we'll have to come up with something good for this at the end of the episode. Okay. But yeah. Okay, fun facts. Fun facts. Okay, so nope stands for not of planet Earth. He considered titling it Little Green Men to reference the theme of monetizing spectacles. Okay. But I feel like that would have been super confusing because it is about aliens and there are no little green men in this. Yeah, okay, but there's um like a very very small town right near where I'm from that has like little green men days fest uh little green men days. Yeah, I remember you talking yeah. about that. The movie list that he gave the cast for this involve Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind, I think is what it's called. Jaws Alien, No Country for Old Men, and 2001 Space Odyssey. I can kind of see all of those like influences there. Um, I got to be honest. I've only seen Jaws and Alien of the whole thing, so I don't really understand. Um, I know 2001 is like the whole thing. The whole thing is about like AI, isn't it? Like It's not necessarily about alien life. Yeah, so it's about... I mean, it's kind of a similar thing because how like takes over the ship, right? Develops a mind of its own. And I think it's similar to the concept of what they talk about in this movie where you don't train an animal, you come to an agreement with it. And so like saying, I'm going to create AI and it's going to listen to me and obey me. No. (laughs) Okay. I guess that that makes sense. Yeah. No country for old men, I guess, for like the Western elements that he puts in there sometimes, which, you know. Yeah, no, we definitely get a lot of a Western feel. Yeah. With it. And then the other is like Jaws, I can definitely see. I feel like after it was mm-hmm. pointed out that Jaws was an influence, it kind of makes a lot of sense for me. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. And then Close Encounters of the Third Kind is about aliens, too, I believe. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like a whole thing about like aliens coming and abducting. I've never seen it, but I know people really love that movie. Uh, okay. So. The alien that we do see in this movie was influenced by an anime called Neon Genesis Evangelion. Evangelion? Yeah. Because um, Jordan feels a nerd. <laughs> have you ever seen me? Um, <laughs> I have had this on before. And I it's like a really cool concept. So the whole point of that thing is there are these things called angels. And they are monsters that have suddenly started terrorizing the earth. And they have to... They've developed this program where they have like these giant machines that people can operate to like combat them. Okay. But like they're like the angels are just like massive creatures. And the one that he has here he has a, a specific one that influenced it. And it was Sahaquil, the tenth angel, which I looked up a picture of it, and it's basically like this giant eyeball in the sky. Well, and here's the thing too is that it. Even though it's not quite the literal representation of a biblical angel, you kind of get that sense from it, just with some of the description. Um, So I like that it is based off of a different kind of angel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Jesse Plemons was originally going to be in this movie. What? He was, I think it was written (gasps) for him to be Jupe, but he turned it down to film a Martin Scorsese movie instead. Okay. So well. they ended up casting Steven Yeun in it. Did I, mean, did I say his name right that time? Yeah, I'm not mad about Steven Yeun. I Yen? just um, okay. 
Man, I can't believe we also almost got Jesse Plemons. I feel like I could really see Jesse Plemons in that role too. Yeah. I feel like he would rock that just as fine. I feel like he would do very, I feel like Stephen Yen does a really good job of being like the sleazy salesman. And I feel like Jesse Plemons would have done good at being like self-deprecating, traumatized, but like trying to cover it up. No, I don't necessarily get any sleaze from Stephen because I feel like he is too nice of a guy, even with the way he acts that... His personality and everything that he portrays, it's like too kind to come off as like sleazy. I know that his actions in the movie are actually pretty sleazy, but just anytime I see him, he just he is just too nice. Too nice guy. Yeah, I think Jesse Plemons, like he's got a lot of range with his performances. I've seen him play like a fucking psychopath in Breaking Bad. Like Yeah, I think we could have gotten a little bit of that like trauma brought to the surface with Jesse Plemons. I think so too. Um but I do think Steven Yen did a really good job too. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think they had to do like some small rewrites for him, but I don't think it really changed the character too much. Uh, okay, Angel was originally supposed to be a nerdy, very cheerful type of dude whenever he was written by Jordan Peele, but then whenever Brandon came to the movie, he wanted to ground the character because he felt like that's not exactly how that person would act in this situation. He okay. he said that he's like he's seen Jordan's stuff. He knows that he goes for a more grounded approach. And then he just kind of said, hey, like, I think that he actually, like, he's working at Fry's. He's not going to be this super excited dude yeah, doing I was that gonna job say, there. I like this characterization because you know this guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, he's the guy that you go to. Like, he's helpful, but, like, you can tell he wants to himself the entire time he's yeah, at work. Yeah, like, he clearly got the job. He clearly knows what he's doing, but he also clearly has, like, bigger dreams for himself and is jaded because he's living in fucking Hollywood. Exactly, yeah. Um, speaking of fries, it was actually closed down several weeks before filming started. Like the whole business shut down. So I remember reading about that in online discussions where people were like, "Oh, it made me sad to see fries." Yeah, which I've, we've never been to a fries. Clearly, yeah, uh, it might be like a west west yeah. coast thing, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but they like reopened it, and the um, the owners of the business actually cameoed in the movie. Oh, did they? Yeah, they were there on set whenever they were using one of the locations that they reopened for that, and then they were actually part of the crowd that gets sucked up into the sky. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That that would be a cameo I would love to do. Yeah, getting sucked up yeah. into the sky. And yeah, making being... alien brunch. Yeah. Uh, Kiki's intro monologue had 14 takes, and Jordan Peele described each of them as wildly different, uncuttably so, so <laughs> he couldn't piece them together. He ended up just having to pick one that worked the best. Okay. So I like it. You said it was basically just all improv the entire time. Well, I like her her delivery. It feels you get a sense of the character right away, and it also like it just feels very Kiki Palmer. Like as somebody that has watched her for years, mm-hmm. like it's like yeah, it feels good to see her on a screen that right energy. now. Yeah. yeah, I liked it too. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, speaking of that monologue, so the whole thing about the movie is that they come from the descendants of the people that were part of that original motion picture which yeah yeah, the whole the movie is called now most people know it as the horse in motion but the one that is referenced is sally gardner at the gallop or at a gallop and real thing is we don't really know who the person is that they're referencing the uh, original motion picture is somebody named gilbert dom maybe Nobody knows like have nobody has like an actual way to confirm that because it's all speculation. 
This is all back in like the late 1800s, so as much documentation as they had back then. But the one that we actually see in the movie isn't the actual first motion picture. It's after he, the guy that did that, had refined everything, and he ended up getting it to a point where he made one called Plate 626, which is what we see in the film. It looks better, so that's probably why they use that for the film, because you can actually see it better. But uh, the guy that is in that one is actually unknown entirely. Nobody has any clue who that is. And I like that Jordan Peele wanted to make that like a crucial part of it, because we don't... It- <laughs> And I mean, this kind of really ends up tying back into, you know, what we said in our intro about the strikes and how the actors and writers and crew members are all very important to the production of a movie. Because I never would have thought about the animal wranglers on a set before. And here we have a whole movie about them. Yeah, I know. And they were talking about, you know, they this first motion picture that we see. Uh, we know the name of the man who put the photos together. We know the name of the horse, but we don't know the name of the jockey. Yeah. And I think that's, I I really, I mean, this is just one of the things that I love about Jordan Peele, but I like that he, you know, wanted to make that an important detail. Yeah. For them. I do like that he took that piece of history and just kind of built on it, just to like craft his own story with it. It is kind of cool to take like a little bit of reality and alter it or alter it just enough, but yeah. like make it still plausible. Uh, that's it. That's all my fun facts. Okay. All right. So, all right, let's get into our discussion. All right. What'd you like about this? Oh, my God. Okay, so... I am a big Jordan Peele fan because... And, you know, we've been fans of Jordan Peele for, like, since comedy. You know what I mean? Like, we've constantly have Cam Peele on in the background, right? And, like, even in that, you can hear him in all of his work. Like, you feel that sense of his personality and everything he does feels personal, even in the silly skits, right? Mm -hmm. And I love that when he, like, every movie we've seen, regardless of, you know, where we would rank them on our list of Jordan Peele movies, like, you feel how personal the story is to him and you really get a sense of him in the movie. And there's something about art being so personal that makes it just kind of amazing to witness and on top of that this movie being a bad miracle so to speak yeah um i i i love the sense of all of that together it feels simultaneously so much bigger than what it is and so much smaller than what it is all at the same time and I like that there's a lot of different interpretations to the movie. Um, there's some very clear interpretations that I know a lot of people have talked about, about how it's um, a metaphor for filmmaking um, and, and just being a, a creative in the industry in general. But I, I think there's a lot of different ways you could interpret different moments in the movie as well. And I love seeing the monster because it we're watching it and I'm like my brain was immediately like picturing reading a book and having a monster like this described because I've been here like this dozens of times where I read a book and there's like a monster or an event described and I'm like trying to picture it in my head and it's just something so outside the realm of like what I've been able to picture before that like you know my brain goes weird places 
and watching this on screen feels very much like that. Like it's just something new for my brain to absorb and I really like that. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, I just think it's a really, really good movie and I really enjoyed it. It's out there, but at the same time, a lot of the stuff still, it, it it's not so out there that you are like, well, I don't care about any of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you? I think that it is a very unique approach to an alien movie. I went in not necessarily knowing that it was going to be about aliens when we watched it, but I think I kind of had a clue because, you know, everybody was, there was like chatter about it online and stuff. So I didn't know exactly what to expect. So like after we had that fake out where it wasn't those like little tiny dudes whenever he gets pranked and that scared the shit out of me in theaters yeah like whenever that happened i was fully on board i was like okay so we're gonna go with this and i'm liking it so it's fine but then it just goes away immediately (laughs) he punches one of them and it's a child yeah and then ends up being this thing that just like hides in the clouds and i think that that is just kind of terrifying because i think having like a giant object in the sky that looks like so simple but this is like something complex about it is just so terrifying to me like you don't fully understand it but you kind of do like it is primal in a way but like is it a spaceship is it a creature you know it's hard to tell from the very beginning yeah um i think that uh there are are a lot of super tense scenes in this movie i think he does like a really good job um with the shots of Gordy, like whenever we get those shots of what happened on the set, those are some of the, like the most tense moments that I've had. Like even watching it again last night, I was like, my heart was fucking like, yeah. I could feel it because we knew what was coming last night, and it's still like that scene when oh. he is hiding underneath the table and Gordy makes eye contact with him and slowly approaches him. I'm like, holy fucking shit! Like the tension that builds there. It's just the silence and just fucking chaos. It's so crazy, but you know, he does a good job building those types of moments in this. Even with like the chase scenes with the like the alien, or like whenever the aliens kind of like hovering above them and stuff like that, and they're in their cars or whatever. Yeah, I I like it. Um, and lastly, I think that the characters are pretty interesting. Um, it's not like a big cast, but I think everybody has like pretty meaningful roles to fill you got oj who is the dude that he takes everything like super seriously and he is like still on board with the whole alien thing you've got kiki's character emerald who is like guns blazing about everything uh who has to be there to kind of motivate him in a way and then you have um angel who i I just like him as like a like a character that tags along. Like it doesn't seem like the type of dude that would be like a part of that group because I don't really feel like their personalities necessarily align, but I don't know. I think it meshes well. And then you got like the filmmaker dude who kind of pretentious and I feel like his whole thing is kind of stupid at the end, but that's, that's for the next part. I have theories on that. No, I really like what you said about OJ's character, about how he's very serious. He wants to get down to business, get things done, but he still believes in aliens. And I think that's a really good point that you know the two don't have to be mutually exclusive yeah and you know he believes it 
because he saw it with his own eyes. He didn't spend a ton of time questioning it. He's like, okay, well, this is here. Now we need to figure out how to deal with it. And then, like you said, on the other end of it, you've got M, who, you know, as you said, she's guns a blazing and she's got to motivate him and not necessarily motivate him. You know, he's always going to do what needs to be done, but she motivates him to think beyond that. Yeah, beyond just like accepting it. Like they want, the like their whole motive is like they want to get proof of it. Yeah, essentially, and they don't necessarily. I don't really know if they have an end game with that. I think that they're gonna like cash in on that and try and save the ranch, maybe. Well, that's definitely what OJ's end game would be. Yeah. I think M wants to use that as a stepping stone to you know the bigger and greater and things. She wants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's like some complexity there to that. Uh, okay, bad. Hmm, bad. I think, I honestly, I don't have a ton of bad for this. Okay. I can't think of it. Like, I would never be mad about having more Keith David on screen. That's one of mine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, honestly. It was such a tease to open with him, and then, oh. Uh, I was so <laughs> fucking let down in the theater. Like, it's like, and Keith David. I'm like, fuck yeah, I love Keith David. Like, I was so excited for him to be a big part of this movie, and then Jordan feels like, yeah, and he's going to get a quarter through the eye. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be gone. <laughs> don't get too attached to him. Uh, okay, well, if you don't really have anything, I jotted down a few things here. Okay. So, all right, the first thing is something that I was feeling in the moment last night, but I feel like I, while doing research for this, I did a little bit of, um, I had some things brought to light to me that makes it make a little bit more sense. Okay. But... I wasn't necessarily sure, as much as I loved these moments, how the Gordy stuff related to what was going on here. And after doing some reading, I think I figured it out. Um, Jordan Peele never actually gave any like thoughts on what he was going for with it, but there was like speculation that the whole thing is you can't tame uh, like a a predator. Yeah. Like, no matter what happens, you can try to maintain a little bit of control, kind of like what you're talking about with 2001, but ultimately, they still have those instincts, and they're going to, you know, take take over sometimes, and that's exactly what happens with Gordy. He just, like, is on set, doing his normal monkey job, and then all of a sudden, balloon pops, and then he snaps. I also think that it serves to be an important point in Jupe's character and also helps contrast him with uh, the Haywoods because Jupe went through this, you know, firsthand. He experienced the trauma from that. Um, Boy, he didn't learn his lesson. Yeah, exactly. Like, he kind of shoved that down and he uses that to make money. He's got his whole macabre museum of the event. Yeah. And then he... Meets this alien, for lack of a better phrasing, um, and instead of being like, holy shit, this is bigger beyond me, he says, oh, I bet I can get this creature in the sky to bend to my will so fucking <laughs> and make money off of it. Such a bold take, an expectation to think you can get this gigantic flying saucer thing that doesn't have the ability to reason with people. And and then on the other end, we've got OJ and M who want to get proof of it. They want to understand it. They want to share this information, but they also understand that you can't 
tame a creature like that, like the best you can do, you know, is enter an agreement. And that's a best case scenario. And we even see like, you know, he even makes a comment of like, this is why we don't use chimps because they can't be well trained for a set. You know, he's got a lot of respect for what triggers an animal, sets them off, what a safe working condition is. And he understands ultimately uh. it's up to the animal to behave in a scenario. It's up to them to negotiate the terms and the humans just kind of have to accept that Dude, or not. My brain just went, <laughs> like it just all pieced together right there. Because I'm just thinking now about the opening when they are trying to do the screen test for the horse and he's respecting and everybody's what the horse. Being dicks. Yeah, he they have like a whole understanding with nature with the horses. Like they're actually good at it. They come to an agreement with each other. And all these people are like, Yeah, the horse is just the talent. No, but no, the horse is a horse. Of course, of course. Um, <laughs> and like when the person that's trained to work with this horse is saying, hey, don't look it in the eye. Hey, don't make any sudden movements. Hey, don't stand behind it. Maybe listen to it. This is, you know, a several thousand pound creature. I'm not sure how much horses weigh. Um, uh, many hundreds. Um, And it like it can hurt you and you can't rationalize with a horse. It lives by a different set of laws than we do. Yeah. That's okay. That's cool. I love how deep this movie gets with that stuff right there. Cause like, I'm just now like processing it here on this episode and it's making sense suddenly. Um, okay. One other thing though, with like, the fucking standing shoe. Did that have it? Like, was there any significance with that? I, okay. Uh, there's a lot of speculation about this online with the shoe. Yeah. Okay. Cause like, I didn't know if they were implying that the presence of the alien maybe had something to do with that. Or if that was just like some kind of freak event that happened. I think it was a freak event. The phrase bad miracle was used by OJ early on. Mm. And I think of it like that. You know, we had this whole horrific event and Jupe is sitting underneath this table and he's staring out at this destruction and he sees the shoe and he even later has the shoe in a display case in his... Like that? Yeah. Um, so I think for him, it was like a thing that he saw in the moment and held on to and focused on that and none of the rest of the event. Um, it was his bad miracle. That's how I interpret it. I don't know if that's how it was intended. And I've seen, there's lots of good discussion about this online. Like if you go to dread it, um, lots of good discussion and theories. That's the one I personally subscribe to. That makes a lot of sense, honestly. That, I mean, that is a miracle in a very bad situation right there. Yeah. Because, like, shit just happens sometimes, you know? Like, sometimes things land really weird, and yeah. One other bad that I had, my final one, is I don't fucking understand um, Antler's end in the movie. Do you want my theory on that? Well, I, again, kind of read some things here. He's based off of the dude that, maybe, like, based off of the dude that got those original pictures of the horse, and the whole thing about that guy is he was known for risking his life to get the perfect shot, which is pretty much what he ends up doing. He risks his life to get the per- perfect shot. But in the process, he dies. I think he knows that he's going to die. It's not like getting that footage is going to make any difference because like, nobody's going to recover that. Well, here's my thought. 
So before he leaves, his final words are, we don't deserve the impossible shot. And I wonder if he means that for him specifically. Yeah. Um, but he goes up there. They got the shot. They got all of this footage of Jean Jacket. You know, they did what they came to do, but that's not enough for him. He wants to get a shot of the inside of Jean Jacket. So he goes in and he gets the shot. You have to remember, he has seen the destruction on the ranch. He's seen the wheelchair on the roof. He's seen the keys in the banister. I think that he is assuming his film is going to be dropped out as well hmm. so that footage is going to be available he doesn't deserve the impossible shot really nobody deserves the impossible shot but he's gonna go get it anyway and he's gonna hope that it makes its way out that's my theory okay i think that's what was going on in his head is that that footage will live on i think that that makes sense so all of my bad things have been debunked upon me like <laughs> right right here but i stand firmly that keith david would have been better <laughs> in this movie for an extended time there's no change in my mind on that one. <laughs> okay, ugly. Um, I just generally, the way... I, I'm an animal lover. I am not like a preachy vegan, but I am a vegan because I don't like the thought of animals having to exist and maybe endure harsh conditions and eventually die yeah. just to sustain us when it isn't necessary. Um, and I'm not, I promise I'm not trying to turn anybody into a vegan. That's just my own personal philosophy on why I am that. Um, and as much as I love seeing animals on screen, there is like such a delicate ethical line. Like it looks like OJ really cares about his horses. Um, so that makes me feel good. But is every animal wrangler in Hollywood like that? No, no. we know Jupe isn't. Jupe is feeding the horses to the alien. I know that guy. That's man. so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> we don't ever really touch on that. And, you know, just the whole, like, not really respecting that nature is its own thing. Man does not have to control everything. You need to learn to live in agreement with it sometimes instead of, you know, trying to own everything. <laughs> So yeah. that's I, I think that's the ugly takeaway of this movie, which I think is, you know, partially intended, but it does bum me out. Yeah. Um, to build off of that. Yeah. Part of that whole thing with me is Jupe's whole thing with the horses. I think it's really shitty that he whenever he makes the agreement with OJ originally, he's like, yeah, sure, you can buy them back. And like you can tell he has a little bit of hesitation in his voice, but like he knows full and well that he's going to use that horse to feed yeah. it. Well, when you first hear that hesitation, you're like, oh, well, he he doesn't think that OJ is going to be able to get the money. Yeah. Like, you can tell he's just saying it, like, as a kindness, but not with any real expectation. And then later, you're like, oh, no, he knows there's not going to be a horse for him to buy back. Yeah. I, I, he's he's too likable to be like Steven Yeun is too likable <laughs> to be this shitty of a character, honestly. <laughs> like any because like it's hard for me to believe that. But like reading it on paper and just like talking about it like that guy fucking sucks <laughs> uh one other thing i think that whenever he is giving the like uh emerald the tour of all of the memorabilia he's talking about how entertainment like snl and hollywood everybody reacted to the tragedy oh, yeah and instead of like respecting it and recognizing that it was a terrible event they all just went and made fun of it i like people fucking died and people had like one person had her fucking face eaten i love that like him recounting the snl skit juxtaposed with a flashback of him sitting under the table wide-eyed covered in blood yeah 
it's just like just thinking about it and hearing him describe that skit, like Chris Kattan playing Gordy. Like, come on, man. Like, it's just fucked up. It's ugly. All right, absurd. Listen, I'm I'm a believer in aliens, so I don't think that's absurd. Um, what I do think is absurd is how easily M steals large items from other businesses. Oh my god, you're right. Consistently, well, okay, like she she stole. 50 wacky waving inflatable arm flailing two men. Yeah. <laughs> um she stole that giant horse and you know a 50 foot segment of their banner flags. Yeah. <laughs> like, to be fair, Jupe was on to her. Like he knew what was up. That's where Steven <laughs> Yen being too nice came in cuz they're like, "Oh, it's a training horse." He goes, Okay. Yeah. Jordan's like, no, you're supposed to be really, really upset in this moment. He's like, it's okay. He's good. like, but what if I invite them to my ranch instead? Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, like what if but what if my character had like an event and he was just there to invite them to it? That's the rewrite that was caused by Steven Yen. Yeah, Jordan's like, okay, I guess I'll have to roll in. Jesse wouldn't have done this. <laughs> Jesse Plemons would have been like, Yeah, fuck it. Give me that back. <laughs> um my absurd is TMZ gets eight. <laughs> um, jean jacket looks like a fucking cowboy hat. Oh my god! Yeah, like it, honestly, it's just like a fucking cowboy hat. You know what? Here's the thing, too. So when we saw them getting ready for the Star Lasso experience, and I said, "Oh, his jacket has a UFO." You were like, "Yeah." Did you not notice that? In the theater, I thought it was a cowboy hat on the back of his jacket. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel So like... I didn't make that connection. Oh, my God. I'm yeah. dumb, dumb. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice it until people pointed it out, so don't feel too bad about it. Um, and my final one is, so the whole thing happened six months before what we follow. Mm-hmm. So how did OJ not notice his power consistently going in and out and things getting sucked up into the sky for the past six months? Um, so I think I, my assumption, this is me going out on a limb Okay. here. Climb on out there. So I don't think necessarily stuff was getting sucked up from his ranch because it all kept happening over at uh, Jupiter's Climb. Mm-hmm. I could contribute the electricity to him being a rancher and him going to bed early because he has to wake up early. Okay. Um, he does or, consistently say, I got to get up early. I got shit to do. Yeah. Or being out in the barn and not really necessarily paying attention to flower, uh, power flickering. I also think in California, that is like a thing that happens. Rolling blackouts are like a thing yeah but the horses all freak out every single time it happens they all start to act up and run away yeah but think about it with us like if what if we took every single time talia freaks out about something as like oh there's a ufo you know what i mean like animals get spooked about stuff well to be fair if she was doing it every single time the power just kind of slowly came in and out like and it got eerily quiet outside and suddenly i saw little things get sucked up into the sky i'd maybe believe her I don't know. Natalia's kind of dramatic. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I just, I'm not, I don't necessarily buy that the thing remained quiet that entire time. I also think you have to take into account that he was dealing with a lot of grief from his father passing and then also having to take over the family business, which was already not doing great before. And his father, who was clearly 
super charismatic on top of being knowledgeable. He was building those client bases. And Are you just OJ saying he's super is, charismatic because it's Keith David? I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, when he's on set and they're like, where's the senior fella? Like they wanted him back because I think he built better relationships with those studios. I think familiar. Than OJ, who would much rather talk to the horse than the people. You know, I think he's in a business that was already struggling and now it's struggling even more. He's had to sell 10 of the horses, which is not only like his livelihood, but it's tied to the memory of his father. I yeah. think he just maybe had a lot of shit going on and didn't have time to stop and figure out like the power flickering, you know, and he could have even attributed animals have grief too, you know, maybe they, maybe he attributed the horses freaking out. to just like the change in routine with Otis senior not being there. I guess you're right. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not trying to like make excuses for this movie. I'm just trying to think of like possible reasons that he might not have really no, paid attention. Before. I think that, yeah, there like there's actual possibilities with what you're saying there. I think that you could be onto something, but still at the same time, come on. <laughs> okay, what do you give this out of ten? Uh, nine would have been a nine and a half without all the horse uh snacking. <laughs> okay, yeah, I and think, uh, and chimp shooting. And chimp shooting. Okay. I'll give it 8.5 because um, I agree with you all the way up there, but you minus 0.5 without the Keith David. Okay. Seriously, like just have him stick around. I don't understand. Like, I guess I understand you need to have him lose that father figure, but like cast like a nobody. Like, don't get fucking <laughs> Keith David for that. Yeah, but he's going to give me blue balls. But what if Keith David was like, hey, Jordan Peele, I would really want to be one in one of your movies one day, but I only have time to shoot one day on set. If you're Jordan Peele, do you not take him up yeah, on that? Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> Absolutely, you do. <laughs> but still, it pisses me off. Okay. Uh, we have a starting average of 8.75. Suck it, IMDb. Yeah. So I love the way that the opening credits are done, where we hear the sitcom going on. In the background. Yeah, the, like the audio of like the Gordy show playing over the production logos. Yeah, I, I like that. I also like that we see that mo the motion picture of the horse. The horse. Yeah. Uh, fuck, what's this? Uh, Gilbert Dom. Yeah, and yeah. we see it through the mouth of Jean Jacket. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of crazy how you get like an early glimpse of it right there. Yeah, which you wouldn't know that's what that is until your second time viewing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then we, you know, the sitcom changes from normal sitcom stuff. We hear a pop and then there's a lot of screaming and crying and general sounds of chaos and destruction. This is a strong opening, honestly. Like, it grabs your attention right away. Yeah. And then we cut to a... Standing shoe? No, we cut to I will, cost abomin I will cast abominable filth at you, make you vile, and make you respectable. Nam 3-6. Yes. Okay. Then we see the upright shoe. Okay. Torn up set. And a bloody chimp. Yeah, that um, it's just super uh, unsettling imagery right there. Like it, I don't know. Just like starting the movie off with that. Like even though this isn't really the main thing, like I, I just think it's like a strong way to grab your attention and be like, okay, now watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, now we cut to at the ranch with horses. Mm -hmm. Get Keith David. He yeah. is working with a horse. Yeah, he's trying to break it, so to speak. Yeah, they're talking about trying to like nail the movie that they're trying to pitch yeah because if they get it then they also get the sequel and this yeah. could save the ranch yeah um but then suddenly cell phone and all electronics stop working yeah and not like lose signal like his phone 
powers down. As we did to Talia after watching this movie, it just went... <laughs> <laughs> Do that to your dog if you have dogs, by the way. They fucking hate it. Yeah, she got really <laughs> mad and ironically attacked her monkey toy. Yeah. She's like, Gordy, this is fucking Gordy's fault. <laughs> so yeah, there's they hear like screaming in the sky. I also think it's really important that while they're like feeding the horses and stuff, you can hear on the radio them talking about two hikers are missing in Agua Dulce. Oh shit, which I didn't is notice where the that. Ranch is. Yeah. Oh wow. Um. So then you hear screaming, and they kind of like look up at the sky, and stuff starts falling. There's like. There's keys and coins and other stuff, and mm. one of those coins happens to go right through the eyeball of one Mr. Keith David. Yeah, well, yeah, you just see him slump over, and then the horse starts to walk away. Yeah, and he falls off, so OJ taking to the hospital trying to get him to talk to him in the truck, like naming the horses. The horses, yeah. yeah. God, that's so fucking sad. Yeah. God, you feel so bad for him in that moment. Yeah. And then he gets to the hospital and he's pronounced dead. Yeah. And then you just see like the cut in his eye with the x-ray of a coin all the way like halfway through his head. Yeah. And we don't even hear the pronouncement. You just know that that's what's happened. I mean, you're not going to fucking survive that. Yeah. It's like right in your brain. Um, And then we see when he gets back to the barn, um, <clears throat> the horse that he was breaking uh, has a key stuck in its hindquarter. Yeah. Sticking straight out. Oof. So OJ is on the set of a Western with a horse. This is six months later. Um, the crew really wanted Otis Sr. to be there, but you know, they kind of like stage whisper to each other right in front of OJ. He's dead, you know. Yeah. Oh, God. So, I feel so bad for him in this moment. Like You can tell he's super uncomfortable because this is not his role yeah. usually. He likes working with the horse. Like, here's it's not the a people thing. person. Yeah. Well, and not everybody wants to be like the head of the company. You know what I mean? It just happened that he's here. He's saying that he's waiting for his sister. She's late. You get the impression that this isn't the first time she's been late. Yeah. He figures she can handle the charisma piece of it and he'll handle like... The, the horse. horse part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, which seems like it would be a good, you know, setup if she would show up on time and not promote her own stuff while she's supposed to be doing the safety meeting. Yeah, much like Ken, whose job is beach, his job is horse. Exactly. His job is horse. Yes. <laughs> horse. <laughs> um. So he starts to, like, give his speech, but he's doing, like, a really terrible job. And then suddenly Emerald shows up just in time, late. And she <laughs> gives her very charismatic monologue, which... I want to see all of the other cuts of that. I want to see the other 13 cuts. I would love if he had that as a special feature. Uh, I don't know if it... I don't... We don't own it on disc, unfortunately. That's one thing. It. Huh? We need to own it. We do, but this is a thing that I, taught, I told somebody on Twitter yesterday. Like, the cover fucking drives me crazy because the top, you know how they all... On the case, a 4K Ultra HD. Mm-hmm. Well, then, like the little cover flap below also says 4K Ultra HD. So you get 4K, 4K. Like, it's just too noisy. It drives me fucking crazy. Whatever. You're a fucking nerd. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. So. Hello, <laughs> okay, okay. Let's go. Let's go. I know I'm nerding out. This is not super relevant to what we're talking about here. <clears throat> so she gives the whole presentation about how they are the great, great. She misspeaks, by the way. She says that they're the great, great descendants of them. And she says, and one more great. Oh, does she? Yeah. Okay. I missed that. So, okay. They're the three times great grandchildren of the original motion picture uh, picture actor. Mm-hmm. A um, Bahamian named Alistair Haywood. Yes. 
and yeah they're part of royalty um and then she starts to like pluck her own shit too yeah at the end i there. do like that she says they're currently the only black owned animal wrangling uh company in hollywood at the time i mean that would be i mean that's a good thing for business you which know? is really important to tie into you know the history of why they started the company in the first place i think i get why that's the spiel of honestly Haywood hollywood horses that's like such a cool thing like i could work with the per like the the, the the descendants of the people that were part of like motion picture right? history, like the very like, first people. It's in their blood. Yeah, it's so cool. Like I, I would hire that. them, one hundred percent. Um, and they're um. So she finishes her whole thing, and then they want to cut to a screen test immediately. Meanwhile, OJ is saying, "Think that horse needs a break," but he's so quiet about it that nobody hears him, and they just really don't care either. Yeah, I like again. He is, he is correct. But because he is not speaking with any amount of confidence, it's not getting through to them. Yeah, he's just mumbling, too. He's and I'm like, not blaming him for them not listening to him, but it is also very frustrating because he's like, and I'm, I have a problem with this, too, like in my professional life where I am very deferential in times where I don't need to be because I know my shit and I yeah. need to sometimes just like own that I know my shit. Well, so I really feel for OJ in this moment. I don't, I've never seen speculation about this, but I remember we were listening to the dead meat episode where they are doing survivor and he was one of the characters, but apparently there's speculation that he's autistic. Oh, um, I think so. I may be misspeaking with that, but I think that that's what they talked about there. They think that he may be on the spectrum. I, could see how some people could make that assumption um and i mean maybe it's possible maybe not i think he just works with horses and likes horses better than people yeah he's just not very good with like social yeah because like people will point to like him not doing eye contact a lot. he does eye contact with his sister all the time um i think he's just used to he's around horses you don't make eye contact with horses because that's aggressive i think he does the same thing with, with strangers people, yeah yeah like it saves his life later on yeah like, like, don't look at the fucking things <laughs> they won't hurt you if you don't look at them <laughs> yeah so i mean whether or not his character is on the autism spectrum at all i ultimately think like it, the outcome of the movie is the same yeah you true yeah I mean? it doesn't affect anything it's just like kind of just giving like layers to the character potentially yeah speculations yeah. all of those um so yeah he's trying to like get emerald to maybe help but she's over there like over at the craft section she's on the other side of the studio he goes, um, um yeah <laughs> yeah um, they talked about his dead dad in front of him louder than he is re like calling for his sister <sighs> yeah i feel so so bad for him here so the actor gets on there and she like touches the horse and he's like, don't touch her. And this causes... And she's oh, like so offended. She's like, that's rude. <laughs> yeah. And then they take like a crystal, like a mirror ball or something and put it in front of the horse. I don't know what they're doing with that. I, yeah. I'm not 100% sure what like, it is. I think they're doing some sort of a lighting check or something. Mm. Um, but they put it right in front of the horse's face and the mirror spooks him. So he kicks. Yeah, Luckily doesn't hit anybody. But, you know, they do all get fired. Yeah. It's enough for them to not land the part. So. And then they carry in this shitty like 3D horse and they're going to just VFX the fake horse in. <sighs> That's one thing about this movie too. Whenever we do see Gordy, he does not look very good. <laughs> Even for a 2022 movie. Well, they won't let you use chimps on set. No, We've discussed this. <laughs> they had a dude, he like did the movements and then they CGI'd over top of him. Oh my god, please tell me it's um, It's Sean not any Gunn. circus. Okay. <laughs> 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 we had two different like people... 
I could see Sean Gunn being. <laughs> Dude, it totally could have been Sean Gunn. You're right, man. That would have been perfect. Okay. <sighs> so Emerald's going to stay with OJ at least through the night. Um, and she's like, can we have fun, OJ, though? And. OJ's not fun, man. OJ's all mm, work. He's the one. Yeah. He's had, like, the whole responsibility of taking care of the ranch, it seems. She. To her, it's her side shit, as she says. Yeah, yeah, and they talk about that because they stop at Jupiter's claim. She's like, what happened to Gold Rush? And he's like, Gold Rush was closed down three years ago and this came in. So you can get the sense that even though maybe she was still involved in the family company, maybe she hasn't really been very hands-on in a while. Yeah. Um, and I think we get a little bit of a hint of that later, why that may have happened, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. So he is selling Lucky and he wants to buy him back also i do feel like it's important we hear like a little overhead announcement saying like starting this friday at 5 30 p.m join us each week for the new star lasso experience so they do start like the breadcrumbs of that early on okay so like whenever we see that later on that was the very first showing yes okay um so you know, he does kind of call out M about being a liability and like always plugging her side shit. And like you said, she was like, well, this is my side shit. Yeah. My other stuff's my main stuff. Which, I mean, I totally understand where he's coming from because like the, the fucking business is on the line. I get where she's coming from too. I get it. I get where both of them are coming yeah, from because like, like she wants to pursue her own things. Yeah. She doesn't want to be tethered to this because it's her family business. Well, and the thing is, she wasn't fully brought into the family business in the same way that OJ was. Yeah, she kind of got excluded. She's, yeah, she's gotten pushed to the side from from her dad, and I think there's a lot of like, you know, so she started distancing herself, and now that her dad's gone, it's her brother, but there's still like some hard feelings there, and I think. I don't it think she, really makes sense. For her, I don't think she necessarily holds it against him because he was the only one that seemed to include her in yeah. the entire things. But yeah, that's not I, super I important. I love right their now. sibling relationship. It's so yeah, fucking it real. Feel, I know, it feels super, super real. They have great chemistry If together. I found out that Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya were actually siblings, I'd be like, yeah, Oh, tracks. that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, so while they're in there, like she keeps interrupting their discussion. Um, asking because she was like, Kid Sheriff, I love that show. And she's like trying to talk to him because Jupiter is a grown up child actor. Yeah. Um, and then she sees the picture of Gordy. Um, it's like the Matt TV cover mm-hmm. of the incident, Gordy's which is in super fucking poor taste. God, that was is. the episode that he flipped out on. They were filming yeah. his birthday episode. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, he shows them. It's like a hidden His room. Museum. Yeah. And it's like all of the nasty stuff and he charges tourists money to stay in there overnight. The whole thing is just very dark and fully believable that um, that would be a thing. I read, I didn't catch it myself, but if you look on his desk, you can see a giant pair of scissors from us mm. on there. Yeah, I think that's a kind of cool little detail there. We get a little flashback of like Jupe kind of scared hiding during this whole thing. So yeah, he's like telling that story and then it's like juxtaposed of him actually in fear, not enjoying the moment. (laughs) It's revealed that uh, Jupe has offered to buy the ranch. Yeah, and M's like, how much? And he was like, doesn't matter. And she's like, how much? He's like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Why do you care so much? She's like, I'm trying to figure out how stupid you are. And he was like, probably real stupid. (laughs) So it sounds like it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. So she's like, I got, he's like, I got to work because she's asking what they want to do. And uh, she was like, you tell me you don't want to pop into Pop's 
liquor cabinet. And he was like, well, I was thinking about the hobby weed. The hobby weed, <laughs> baby. I like that it's the hobby weed. Yeah. <laughs> Not for like serious shit, but you know, this is my fun time weed right here. Well, I mean, it is legal in California. Maybe yeah. that's like a side business. Maybe they sell business weed, hobby weed. You know, maybe. I guess that could be a thing. Yeah, so they're inside and they're just, you know, talking together, reminiscing. They talk about Jean Jacket and um, this was, is, yeah. yeah, where it was supposed to be her first horse to train. It was going to be her ninth birthday gift. And then they got a job and. Uh, it was going to work on Scorpion King. Yeah. Which I've not seen that movie. I can't verify if horses are actually in that movie, but I think it would be hilarious if they listed movies that did not feature horses. Well, no, he <laughs> said the horse ended up getting replaced anyway. Okay, so yeah. did, they did like CGI or something, I guess. No, like there just were no horses. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, that's funny. Okay. Um, I've seen the movie at least once. My mom's a big Dwayne 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 Johnson fan. I, um, I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard her speak of him many times. Um. So yeah, we we have watched that at least once, but I don't remember very much from it. Um. Okay. But yeah, so, and she was like. You know, I watched you and dad out there training my horse and he didn't look up at me once, but you did. Did like the little scene and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm watching you. Yeah, the meet the parents. Yeah. <laughs> so they noticed that Ghost is in the arena. Yeah. So OJ goes to go check him out. But then as he goes out there, Ghost runs off. Mm-hmm. And and plays really fucking loud music. What is their speaker situation? I man? know. Like it has <laughs> reach and she can fucking hear him in the house, too. And he can hear her. No, she definitely strikes me as the type of person that plays really loud music but can somehow still hear other things. Like, that, that's a type of person. It really is, and it I'm not makes that, perfect sense for I'm me. I'm not that person. Yeah. No. If I need to concentrate, I turn the music all the way down. <laughs> you're, it's the classic, like, thing of, like, you're lost, and for some reason you think turning down no, the radio will help. It does. It helps me concentrate. <laughs> I do that. Um. So OJ gets in his little golf cart and follows. Golf cart. And they get near this like gulch and they can hear the rehearsals going on for the Star Lasso experience. And that's when we get like a power outage at the main house. Oh shit. So he was mm-hmm. summoning it. Yeah, he was oh, he was practicing. Fuck. Yeah. I didn't make that connection before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shit. Um then we hear screams. Um, and then we see like some movement in the clouds. Those screams are terrifying. You just like, look up in the clouds and you yeah. just hear people sh- like shouting. Yeah. It's like, ugh. Gives me shivers. So back at the house, OJ asks them about bad miracles. And she's like, what do you mean? And, you know. She's like, what the fuck did you see out there? Yeah. And he just like gives it to her straight. He's like, I saw something in the clouds. Yeah. So naturally... She wants to sell foot photographic evidence of a UFO. Uh, one website she founds will buy that for fifty to a hundred k, and she was like, "But maybe we need to think longer term. Maybe we need to think about more than just like a single photo." And I, I love out of all of the character details we get, I love that OJ is an Oprah fan. I know, right? Is, is it Oprah worthy? Like, it's yeah. not Oprah though. Not yeah. even just in like. <laughs> It doesn't even feel casual, like, okay, everybody knows who Oprah is because, duh, she's fucking Oprah. Yeah. But, like... He knows, like, what criteria is needed. He takes his breaks midday to, like, catch Oprah when, when it was he, still on the air. You know what says, I mean? When he says, I gotta wake up, I've got shit to do in the morning, it's to watch Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not take care of the horses. Um, I also like the detail here. He's talking about how um, 
they gave an explanation about what may have killed Otis before. They said it was a prop plane that killed him. Yeah. But he never really bought it, never like mm-hmm. made the connection about how that could have been. How yeah. could that have fucking happened? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's just one of those that they didn't know how else to explain it. So they're like, oh, could weird things happen. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Um, Angel ends up talking. Uh, also, I just, I got a shout out to my girl, Kiki Palmer, once again. Uh, Emerald just casually throwing some Sour Patch Kids in her car. Yeah. Because I do, <laughs> like, I totally do that at, like, big lots. I will get the candy mm-hmm. on the way to the checkout. Just, like, out. in the middle of the aisle. Just, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fucking throw it in there. Like <laughs> Those random candy aisles where you're like, what does this have to do with electronics? It has nothing to do with electronics. It has to do with people like me who, if I'm spending $1,000 on some equipment, I will spend the extra $3 markup for my big bag of sour Let me put kids. you, this is, <laughs> this is one of the most realistic cinematic depictions of a store because like I'm OJ in this situation. I'm walking with you in the store. We're walking down there. You grab Sour Patch Kids and throw it in there. Then we walk by, random compliment to a person. They usually compliment <laughs> you about your hair. Oh my God, you look so beautiful with your hair. Um, always there with that. And then we go to go check out with a guy and he's like, yeah, so what the fuck can I do for you today? That's so fucking real. Like, the whole thing, like this just whole thing is so relatable. <laughs> But I love the energy that Angel brings here because he's just like, yeah, um, so do you want the credit card? And they're like, no, not at all. And he's he does like, not push it Do you want the again. expert install? And they're like, no, no, no. Because the, in their heads, they're like, well, it can't be that hard. And also, we're trying to keep this secret. And he goes, all right, cool. No expert technician installation. And OJ goes, well, is it hard? He's like, not for me. Yeah, <laughs> boom. That's a good sell right there. Yeah, honestly, it worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he kind of like speculates says alien shit and they're like yeah nobody believes that and then i think the way that they respond to that he's like okay i think they know something <laughs> yeah so while he's there he was like sorry i was rude earlier i just got out of a four-year relationship she got a role on the cw yeah fucking cw <laughs> so that even adds more into what i was saying earlier about him being a jaded la person like mm-hmm. yeah. this is long-term relationship broke up with him because she is living her dream and he is not they um they described his transition through the movie. He starts out as like a little emo character and then as the movie progresses he kinda aligns with them and gets more like bright colored outfits. Oh, I was gonna say he becomes more of a nerd. A little bit that too, yeah. <laughs> more of like his original character, but yeah. yeah, he kinda like gets more happy because he's like doing the things that he actually enjoys. He's a fucking nerd. He's a fucking nerd, he is. Uh, listen, nerd is not derogatory on this uh, show even it's when a, we yeah. use it in a James Franco, uh, Danny McBride, fuck nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says UFOs are now called UAPs after the declassified footage. Uh, I they like wanted how... to make people not. Yeah, you you looked at me because we've had this it's conversation so many times recently. Well, I think it's even crazy how more relevant it is now because like they've actually had like just like a couple weeks ago they had the whole discussion with Congress about it. Mm-hmm. They're making actual. It's not just like they released the footage and now they're like actually talking about it and maybe trying to do something about it. I don't know. It is, it's, they are unidentified objects. We don't necessarily know what they are. It's actual footage. It's really shitty footage, but it's footage. It's not Oprah though. So M says she has to disappear. She's got an errand. When she pops back, that errand was getting a training horse. And Duke has followed her. (laughs) I like um, whenever she brings back, she's like, got a couple of strong men that can help me. And she's like, he, is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, 
Like the whole like approach to that right there. Like he's just like so no nonsense with it. <laughs> but yeah, then uh then Joop, nice guy Steven Young shows up. Yeah, he's he's like, like, Hey, I noticed you stole my horses. <laughs> and she's like, No, that's our horse. And he's like, Oh, uh, do you want to come to my show? <laughs> I like how they don't even give him an op- like an opportunity to ask the question. Like he starts as like, so what are you like? So what are you doing? Yeah, well, because they're so far away too. They're probably a full hundred yards apart. Yeah, and like he pulls up and he's like not on their property yet. They won't let um, him in. They're like yeah. stay right there. Yeah, M's like, yeah, you can stay right there and we'll chat. Um. <laughs> I love how Angel keeps trying to like inject himself too. He's like, "All right, that's go- that's all. Goodbye." And I'm like, shut the fuck up. This isn't your place. So like, I'm just trying to help. He like inserts himself into their lives so immediately. Yeah, like <laughs> he does it in such a way that is like it's kind of annoying, but also endearing. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, so he invites them to his show, which will be I can't remember when. That Friday. That Friday. At five thirty. Okay. Um, so they have the camera set up. They've got them far enough apart that hopefully if there is an outage in one area, it won't affect the other, which I think is smart. Yeah. He's like, and I can keep an eye on it remotely. And they're like, no, thank you. Which, yeah, what a creepy fucking thing to offer. That's terrifying. That's the reason I would never want somebody to come and install cameras in our house. Yeah. Well, he does not listen to that. He still continues <laughs> exactly. to monitor. Yeah. That's why you don't get the expert installation right there. Um, so OJ's like, well, back to work. Um, and he, this, God, he's really fucking good at his job of horse because yeah. he gets a little mirror ball and like, he was like, okay, well, this is new equipment I've never seen on set before. So we've never known to train the horses with it before. Now we know, so we're going to practice mirror ball, and I'm going to continue being really good at horse. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I like that, too. He's adapting. So there are lights on in the stable, and he's like, well, that's weird. So he shuts them off, but then they come back on, and then a fucking creature rises up from the shadows. Dude, the way that that thing like, rises up, it's like a little silhouette but it just kind of like shimmies out a little bit and it's like, what the fuck is that thing? Because it's like so weird and oblong looking. This is a very fucking terrifying scene. Even though it's like played for, like, I mean, it's played for like to be spooky here, but it ends up being kind of like a laugh type thing. Yeah, well, that and that's what's really great. Again, I think comedians make really great horror directors because they know how to like do the peaks and valleys. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, And this is a perfect example of that because the tension gets ratcheted up so high in about 45 seconds and ends with Daniel Kaluuya punching a 12-year-old in the face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) It's just, it's really insane. And it really what it is, it's it's Jupe's kids in alien costumes, which you're like, well, that's kind of weird. Why did they choose aliens? We'll find out soon enough. Well, um, and I think it's funny. They're, they're like, why the fuck were they doing that? And then, uh, he's like, well, you did steal their horses. And she's yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> she already <laughs> forgot. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, they let Clover out, so now he's got to find Clover. Um, Angel is watching the cameras remotely while M watches camera... A, I think, no, camera B. Camera B, yeah. Um, And a praying mantis appears, and that's just... Also terrifying, because whenever you see, like, a giant (sighs) bug on your screen for, like, the first second, it's kind of scary. It's like that, I think you should leave bit where, like, the thing walks through the doggy door (laughs) for, like, five seconds. seconds of my life, I questioned everything I knew, because (laughs) that fucking thing exists. (laughs) Exactly. That was exactly what happened whenever you saw that thing on the camera. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) 
fucking angel calls Emerald. And he's like, there's a bug on camera B. And she's like, what the fuck? And he goes, camera A is down. She's like, I'm aware. Why are you aware? And he's like, because there's something happening. The camera's down. This you need dude, to get the bug off. He's so fucking invested that he stayed past the store being shut down. Like all of the lights are off. He's he's there and like one other random co-worker is just yeah, like eating Cheetos. Yeah, girl eating the hot Cheetos, which yeah. drove me nuts because listen, hot Cheetos are delicious. Can't have them anymore because they're not vegan. But um, she's eating the hot Cheetos and stalking shit. You know she's getting Cheeto fingers on all everything. over. Yeah, that's gross. God, I had to clean up my nephew after he ate a bag of Cheetos yesterday. And I was cleaning it from his head. I was yeah. cleaning it from his fingers, from his neck rolls. Well, hopefully she wasn't eating it like a toddler and rubbing it all over herself. OJ goes to get Quover and then the power dies. There's like... While OJ's out there, there's like this big pillar of dust, and it almost looks like a twister, except yes. not really. No, that's the thing. Like, I would have thought that that was just like a fucking tornado or like a, what, a dust devil. It wasn't moving the way that type of stuff normally does, though. No, I just see like a giant pillar of dust. I'm freaking out, though. Yeah, and like it sucks up the training horse and the flags. And so OJ goes running, Clover goes running. Um, OJ hides in the barn and it looks like maybe unfortunately Clover got eaten. I don't, I couldn't tell, honestly. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that Clover made it safe because I don't think the horses, the, the only reason that the decoy got sucked up is because it's looking up into the sky. Yeah. I think that Clover is well, looking down. Because we saw like a horse run into the barn, but then we also saw like a horse getting spooked outside. So I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. Tally's freaking out because there was an Amazon delivery. Like we're just going to go left, through it. Yeah, we've already paused this for a full 10 minutes and it's just not. She's just barking. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, M is like on the roof throwing candy at the camera. Sour Patch Kids. Like, I hope you yeah. fucking like Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> and the Brain Mess is like, yes, I do. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? I relate. If I was the Brain Mess, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, you're throwing Sour Patch Kids at me? Gonna, Hell yeah. yeah. Please continue. <laughs> so, the uh, M, like, after all of this, they're in the house and she's like, I want to leave. This is, this is not worth it. None of this is worth it. We're in danger here. And I like that. Yeah. That's like, because. I think they try and play it off like she's really immature, but she's not. She's just, you know, decided to focus on her own life after it was very clear she was never going to be a priority in the family business. And she didn't deal with shit with her dad. And her and her brother have grown apart a little bit because of it. And she's just got a very different kind of personality to him. And I think it's really easy to read some of that being immature, but she's not. Because especially with her reaction being like, this is not worth our lives. OJ doesn't think it's going to come back tonight. So he thinks they're safe for tonight. Yeah, because it's it's not hungry anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's a flashback with his dad saying that, because um, he's talking about ghosts freaking out. They can hear him in the arena, and he's like, some animals ain't fit to be trained. Boom. Um, Cut to credits. <laughs> <laughs> they call Antler's Hoist, because uh, they uh, he and... He was the dude and that was doing. On set. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were pitching like their horses for his movie at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, so um, they are looking for the impossible shot, and he is intrigued, but also doesn't really believe them. So he hangs up. Um, Angel shows up, and he's like, "Holy shit, it's real!" And they're like, "What?" 
the fuck yeah well, and you're he, still looking at our shit <laughs> and then he shows them footage like he replays it time lapse and there is one cloud that does not move just stays stationary the entire time and it's yeah. very eerie to watch it feels like one of those spooky uh youtube compilations we yeah, watch that's like one of those things that easy to fake but you know seeing it in person like that's got to be super freaky yeah um so now we get a nice little flashback to what happened with Gordy. Yep, back to Gordy. Uh-huh. It's a season two episode, so presumably they've gotten very complacent with having chimpanzees on set. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like a neat little detail that they throw in and they don't hit you on the face with, but like that this happened in season two feels kind of important. Yeah. So it's a birthday episode. Um, I like the shot because we're seeing it like through like the camera and the little kid playing young jupe. Okay. is uh like he starts to say his line and he goes oh shoot like this kid did so good playing a child actor being a child actor and then having to like come out of the moment to be like oh hold on and like the director's saying it's okay just pick back up from dude there. like acting nice to act yes. i hear is super super tough yeah so i'm really impressed with that little kid yeah he does a great <laughs> job with it um and like so the whole episode is it's gordy's birthday and the sister character in that is getting out a giant birthday present. Yeah. And it's a giant box full of balloons. Mm-hmm. And the balloons float away and one pops and it spooks the chimpanzee playing Gordy. Yeah. Um, and he just starts attacking. It's so fucking creepy, dude. Like after that, like it just cuts to like you're not seeing the feed of the episode anymore. It's just like on the set. Yeah. And it's just so eerie. It's quiet. Yeah. And this blood. was in 1998. Yeah. And you just see uh, Gordy chasing the cast members on the set. Mm-hmm. And then he like stops to hover over the sister and starts eating yeah. her face. I'm sure that they got inspiration from this from that monkey, which is named Travis, that attacked that woman. It was also an actor uh, chimp that attacked her and ate her face because they gave it like medication that caused it to have like hallucinations or something oh my god yeah they didn't necessarily do a good job with that um it's fucking terrifying we've heard the 911 footage from Mm. one of those or the call from one of those channels we watch on youtube yeah so gordy spots jupe underneath the tablecloth and i feel like this is an important detail we didn't talk about before from the macabre museum which was a picture of jupe and one of the gordy chimps doing a fist bump yeah the fist and yeah he says it's the first fist bump explosion explosion not implosion and yeah. so he sees gordy through like these gauzy tail tablecloths so like they can still see each other but it's not direct eye contact and he's freaking out um taking a gamble by not moving <laughs> which like i think know, that's the best move yeah in he's situation. watched other people get chased he's yeah. no he knows he's not faster than this chimp no. Um, and then Gordy comes up, and you're like, it's so tense. And then, like, he reaches his little fist up. He just wants a fist bump. I know. With his buddy. Like, I think seeing him, like, that may have been the one person that he connected with the most on set. He so I calmed him down. They're also not doing direct eye contact, so he doesn't feel threatened anymore. Yeah, true. Like, it's the whole thing is just so sad. And then he gets shot right in front of you. Before they can even, like, do the fist bump, like, right when they're and both going for it, it's just. Like, it's not his fucking fault. Get him off the set. Like, uh, and I get they have like they're trying to protect people. Like, I get that, but it just it also it's. I'm sorry to like bring up an old internet meme, but it's kind of like Harambee getting fucking shot because yeah. that kid crawled into the thing. Not that I want the kid to die, but like it just sucks that 
it had to result in death one way or the other. It does. I can't give you any alternatives. Tranquilizers maybe, but I don't know. You need something immediate too to protect uh, the I mean, people. tranquilizers are pretty fast. It's like thirty sec- 10 to 30 seconds. Yeah. Chimps are pretty fucking durable though for like their small size. Like they're fucking beasts. Well, normally you would have a tranquilizer that is like calibrated to the size and metabolism of the animal that you're planning to drink. True. That's why anesthesiologists make a lot of money. Boom. There you go. Um, so, yeah. That's all we get from that. He gets shot, and then we cut back to Lucky. That's the Tyler no, part for this one. No, we cut to Jupe. And, like, he's back in present day, and his wife comes in. Oh, and she's okay, like, okay, yeah. practice that first line for me. And then we cut to Lucky. Yeah. So, Angel is tarping up the cams because there's about to be a storm. And then OJ looks down and sees this flyer for the Star Lasso experience. And he's like, I'm going to go get Lucky. Because he's, OJ's fucking smart. You think he pieced it together that he might be using Lucky for that? Yes. I don't I know. I absolutely do think he, like. So, yeah, I guess he could have made that connection that he noticed the rehearsal and then the things were happening. And then he's he like, knows okay. the rehearsal. He noticed the things were happening. He noticed that the um, jean jacket, I'm just going to start referring to it. They haven't named it yet, but yeah. I'm going to start referring to it as jean jacket. Um, eight that training horse, which he probably has an idea that it's seen horses before. Like that wasn't a foreign idea to it. Okay. I can so see even that. though it wasn't moving, it was like, I recognize this shape. I'm going to go for it. Okay. Um. So Mary Jo, the kid actress that was, had her face eaten as there, and she's got a little veil over her face. With a sweater of her from the show. That's <laughs> fucking sad. It is, dude. It's really, and God. like, I don't mean that in a judgmental way. Like, it's just, it's fucking sad. I mean, yeah, it's a tragedy, honestly. Um, Yeah, so he's like, at 6.13 p.m., you all will see a saucer. He's like, six months ago, I saw it for the first time. I do believe we have formed a connection, because otherwise we wouldn't all be sitting here right now. But first... My boys are going to treat you to a little show. And they're wearing alien costumes. Yep, they're the little same costumes. ones that they got OJ with. Yeah. But then um, as they start to do that, Jean Jacket makes his yep. uh, return unannounced. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, never been early before. He wants to call them the uh, the viewers, by the way. The viewers. I like that, too. Which really comes in even more with the whole, like, this is an analogy for um, uh, making a film. Oh, yeah, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> Dude, this whole scene right here is so fucking creepy. So he's got, he unveiled Lucky, which he's going to be using Lucky as bait. Um, Lucky's in like this glass cage, though, mm-hmm. so protected, and he hasn't released it yet. Meanwhile, Jean Jacket flies from the sky. Yeah, he can't get Lucky to come out. Yeah. Lucky fully no, says, like, nope. Yeah, exactly. The horse actually says nope in this movie. Yeah. I like how like Lucky just like keeps his head down. He's like, I've seen this shit before. I yeah. know what happens. Like, I just need to do this. Yeah. So the power goes down. We see all the little icy machines like slow down. The music stops, and um, all the people get sucked up. It's so fucking creepy, dude. Like just like seeing him looking up into the sky, and then everybody gets sucked up, and then it cuts to black, and then it cuts back to them inside the fucking <laughs> thing. And they're all just, it's so claustrophobic. It's one of those that you can't really tell what's happening, but it's enough that you're like, I don't, I don't want to be there. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're like being digested into the thing and they're just like working its way through the system. And then they are met with a skull, like a skeleton of a horse that has been eaten before. 
no, it's the fucking training horse. Oh, is it it's the training horse? Statue horse. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like a skull, like no. an old horse that was. No, okay. it's the statue because it hasn't been able to digest it. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Because we've kind of figured out it can only digest organic matter. That's why it spits out the other stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So, I think. Whereas Jupe thought he was training the viewers, aka Jean Jacket, Jean Jacket was actually training Jupe. Boom. Damn, dude. And it paid off big time for Jean Jacket because that was a feast. That was Jean Jacket's Thanksgiving. They confirm later on that it's like 40 some people Mm -hmm. that were there that it consumes. Yeah. Yeah. So total devastation. Mm -hmm. Um, OJ gets down to Jupe's claim shortly after and sees it's all deserted and it's just total destruction. Things are knocked over um, and Lucky is still in the cage and he's OJ smart. He won't come out. He doesn't want to be a moving target. Um, So he's like trying to call Lucky over to him. But Lucky's also smart and says, I'm going to stay right the fuck here with my head down. In my glass box. (laughs) I've been safe here this entire time. Don't think I'm going anywhere. Yeah, so um, then there's big, like, the thing flies really close to him, and we cut. Um, yeah, it tries to, like, suck him up, and yeah. then it knocks him out, mm-hmm. and then he wakes up, and it's nighttime suddenly. Yeah, um, so he gets up. It's raining. He gets lucky. Lucky has finally come out now, which is how he knows that Jean Jacket's gone. Mm-hmm. So he gets lucky into the trailer, and he gets into his truck, calls him. He says, I was right. It's not a ship. Oh, yeah. And uh, Angel has also shown up over at their mm-hmm. house again. He's inserted himself once more. No, because he was covering up the cameras and he said, all right, well, I'm oh, going to leave right. Okay, now. he is like, leaving he's here. He's yeah. hinting for like an invitation to stay and I'm like, all right, see ya. <laughs> he's yeah. like, I guess I'll come back tomorrow to unwrap the tarps unless you want to. And she goes, oh, no, you're doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he gets in his car to try and, and drive off. To Corey Hart. And uh, I love that. This is like, they make it actually creepy here. So it's like sunglasses. I wear my sunglasses at night. And I, this is why I need you to finish watching Future Man. Because. Is that song part of it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, like it starts to like slow down and it sounds like the song is malfunctioning. So it's like, oh, we're Marshall. It's like that time that you put on our prince album but it was on the wrong rpm yeah so it's going super of, slow yeah I, let's go crazy i actually really liked it like that <laughs> whenever i heard it at its actual like pace i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's kind of trapped in there except he well he gets out and runs yeah. back in, into the house with him yeah um and oj is, ca- is still on the phone with him and he's saying um it's alive and it's territorial. It thinks this is its home. Yeah. So he real because he's spent his entire life training animals. So he sees the implications here. Um, so Angel comes and hides in the house with M. They can hear screaming. Stuff is being spit out at it. It's raining blood. Yeah, dude. Um, like not only is it blood, it's blood vomit, and that's just like gross. Like yeah. The time Talia ate cat poop and then threw that up. Like, insult to injury, man. <laughs> yeah, it's really nasty. OJ gets near the house and his truck dies and he like it's raining really hard and then all of a sudden there's no rain and he like peeks his head out and realizes Jean Jack is right above and he goes, nope. It just closes the door. Yeah. The training horse falls down and breaks the windshield. Almost takes OJ the fuck out. Mm-hmm. If it had been like a foot to the left 
Dunzo. Yeah. Just like his dad, it would have gone right through his eyeball. Ooh. A fucking horse to the eyeball is way more than a coin. Like <laughs> <laughs> in the afterlife, he's like, I kind of went down more hardcore than you down. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so later on, probably the morning, because it's later. It's morning out, now. Yeah. Um, the power is back, and they all run for Angel's van, but it's. It's taken a minute to warm up. It like so like the it dies down again, and then as they are running to the van, Jean Jacket returns and hovers mm-hmm. over top of OJ, and then OJ has the instinct <clears throat> to, look to down. just look down and not look at it in the eye. So when he does that, Jean Jacket stays above him, but it doesn't suck him up. Yeah. So they all are hanging out at Angel's, and Angel and M are playing. Um, an Oculus Rift. Yeah, they're just yeah. <laughs> I like. I feel like they develop a relationship like apart from OJ. I like their like unwilling friendship. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. <laughs> I like it whenever they're like after this to go to like a restaurant or whatever, and he's like, uh, they're talking about the tartar. The tartar got that tang. <laughs> the tartar got <laughs> and she tang. Makes fun of the way he's saying that, and then OJ is the fucking buzzkill. <laughs> they're like, read the room. Nobody wants to talk about that. <laughs> Meanwhile, sports fans are fighting on the sidewalk outside. The, you know what? This is my absurd for the movie. Yeah. There's so much going on in this I scene. I just love it, though. Tartar got saying. It just breaks her like fucking tartar got saying. <laughs> he, like, he says every animal has rules. Um, and he's like, you know what? I need to go back. Need to let Lucky out. Gotta feed the horses. You know, back to his old like reliable study. Yeah. And, like, he also realizes he's got an obligation to those animals. Yeah, I mean, I would do the same thing too. Like, you got to go take care of them. Yeah. Meanwhile, Antlers has I, what a fucking stupid name. I know. Um, he has heard about the event at Jupiter's Claim. Yeah, it's like a news broadcast going on talking about forty missing people. Nobody knows where they went to. And he heard Agua Dulce, which is where they mentioned they were at. Yeah. So when they get back to the ranch, he's there and he's like, you've got a wheelchair on your roof. Um, and their house looks like something out of a uh, fucking haunting in Connecticut or something. Cause it's just drenched in blood. Yes. It's like it was like Evil Dead remakes. Yeah. There, like raining <laughs> blood. Everything's covered in blood now. Um. So they... Uh, they're talking. They're trying to figure out how they can get this shot. And they're like, well, we realize that he doesn't like the flags or the fake horse. Can't eat that. Fuck them like up. That. That's why he mm-hmm. had that whole rejection of everything. Yep. Um, and he's like, Jupe tried to tame this thing. You can't tame a wild animal. At the most, you enter an agreement with it. So how do we enter an agreement with this? Um, and they call it Jean Jacket. Like, that's what he names it. And it's meaningful sibling moment between the two of them because that was her horse yeah. yeah which i like that angel and antlers don't question it. they're like oh, horse people <laughs> yeah, horse horses people. have weird names <laughs> <laughs> i like all the like the names that they've given these horses mm-hmm. I, out of horse names these are all reasonable yeah let's see oj is gonna act as bait he refuses to use one of the horses i like and, that yes again I like his ethical treatment of his animals. Yeah, I. It's just so funny. Like, OJ for the ethical treatment of animals. Yeah, uh, Angel's like, not not gonna work. Horse people, <laughs> and Antlers is like, okay, whatever. Yeah, because that was Antlers' suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is going to use a crank camera that he has, 
and it's going to be like on actual like a can of film. Yeah, he it's rigged it himself. He like yeah. made it himself, not digital camera. Yeah, so it won't die. And when he says that, uh, M's like, "What did I tell you? I knew he was going to come through." And they like high five like five times. I fucking like, love another that. great sibling moment. Yeah, you feel that. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, the most, that's the most energy and excitement <laughs> you see from OJ this entire movie. Like, he matches her in that one moment. Yeah. Uh, so they spend the day prepping, and they're going to plan to, quote, unquote, break Jean Jacket. Um, they make a cover for the horse's eyes. They take the wacky, waving, inflatable arm flailing tube men, mm-hmm. and they rig them up to the batteries of all of the people rip from Jupiter's claim that were eaten by Jean Jacket. Yeah. And I think that's really smart, too, because, like, They've got the music going also as like an audio cue, but now they've got this visual cue too for when the power goes yeah, down. Yeah, you can see it, you can track it. It's really smart. Yeah, for real. And so they're starting their plan. The whole thing is that OJ's going to go out there with Lucky and Lucky's little face cover so he doesn't have to like make eye contact with Jean Jacket. Um, and she starts the music in the house with the really loud speakers, which she's made louder by putting them outside. Yeah. And then fucking TMZ. I like this. Yeah, just like they're ready to roll. And then all of a sudden somebody's riding up on like an electric motorcycle of all mm-hmm. things. Um, and then he like rolls up there and starts questioning him. And uh, she tries to divert him. She's like, it's quicker to go the other way to get there. And she radios up to them. And they're like, mm, what happens when an electric bike going 60 miles an hour hits a mass of uh, anti-energy? And we get to witness that because mm-hmm. you see it from a distance. It just stops and he goes flying. It's like he hit a wall. I feel like that was like the Wilhelm scream that we hear. It's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> then he like falls and gets badly hurt. Yeah. OJ and, being the good guy that he is. Exactly. Good guy, OJ. Says he's going to go out there and rescue him. Except the guy is just like, he's a fucking asshole. He cares. Like, is your TMZ job paying you this much that like you're willing to sacrifice everything for it? Because he's like, get the camera, get the camera. See, now I thought he has an interesting helmet and it's basically a reflective visor like mm-hmm. all the way around. And I thought that this was going to do something interesting where it was going to direct Jean Jacket to look at itself, which is something that maybe it hadn't done before. Yeah. It doesn't eat anything that it doesn't look at it. So what if it's looking at itself? You know, I, but we don't really get to see that play out. Mm-hmm. It just Instead, gets he just sees them. like because there's like a hole in the middle of the helmet that, and so basically the helmet looks like a giant eyeball. Yeah. So that's enough to trigger Jean Jacket, and OJ doesn't sacrifice himself for him. Like he was willing to try and help him, but he's also not going to get. Eaten well, the dude for doesn't it. want. He's like, don't yeah. like, take a picture of me first. Like he's just like wanting insurance shit. Yeah. So he goes running on Lucky, and he puts up his hood. It's got little eyes on the back of it. Um, he throws out a parachute with flags on it that M had sewn together, and um, it, it kind of deflects Jean Jacket, and they all think that they managed to get the shot of Jean Jacket chasing after him. And then this is where Antlers gets real fucking morbid, and is like, we don't deserve the perfect shot. And then he straps a camera to his belly. And climbs to the top yeah. of the mountain. Yeah, he was like, uh, Antlers just said some really cryptic shit and walked up the hill, so I don't know what's happening. Yeah, but he said, and we talked about this at the beginning of the episode, but, you know, he says that we don't deserve the impossible, and then he basically is cranking all the way up inside of Jean Jacket, and I don't know, maybe we'll see that footage someday. He just gets maybe not. eaten by him. Yep. Um. So, OJ... 
Uh, no, jean jacket. Okay, sorry, my handwriting's really messy. It's hard to tell the difference between OJ and JJ. Um, jean jacket attacks the house and is throwing stuff at them. Angel gets pulled up, but he is, like, wrapped up in the barbed wire fence. So it looks like maybe he got spit out. We don't get full resolution yeah, on it. I think it, like, starts to eat the barbed wire, which it's like, I don't want that. And yeah, then it's just like, I learned my lesson it. with the flags. Yeah, so it just spits it out. He's also, like, wrapped in a tarp, too, so mm-hmm. it covers him. Yeah, so uh, OJ, no, Jean Jacket has now transferred into this, like, sky jellyfish yeah, I don't fully understand why it goes through this transition. This is angry, man. He's big. Yeah. He's big. <laughs> well, I, I've read that it's like imitating like a camera too with the way that it makes that like a formation. Like it's like a like an old school camera lens. Okay. I don't really know for sure. I don't know what they're going for with it. But yeah, it's just kind of turning into a gigantic weird thing. Yeah. Um, M has gotten to the bike and that's oh. another one of her skills is motorcycles yes yeah, she can motorcycle her, very well if oj's job is horse m's job is motorcycle he's old school she's new school with it. <laughs> so he's gonna get uh jean jacket far enough for the bike mm-hmm. to actually work so she manages to get it to work and starts to drive off which gets jean jacket to chase her yeah and she gets over to, the, we saw at the beginning, one of the attractions they have at Jupiter's Claim is like this well that you're looking down inside and you crank it and it's a camera. Yeah, and it'll just take a picture of you, like so, in the sky too. Yeah, so they managed to basically get Jean Jacket overhead. She releases this giant balloon of Jupiter. Not before though, the Akira slide. Oh yeah, she the does the Akira fucking Akira slide. slide. She like slides on the, which I, that that's important because Jordan Peele is a fucking nerd. He loves the movie, yeah, <laughs> and he was offered to do the live action version of it. Oh, okay, I did yeah. not know that part of it. Yeah, and I think he turned it down. She's got a word there. She released this gigantic balloon that mm-hmm. is a jupe's thing. I guess it's like a giant jupe. Yeah. So it's flying into the sky, and she starts to put coins that she's found into yeah. the machine and is like cranking it, just taking pictures, hoping to get it just in time. And the balloon makes it up to the sky and then Jean Jacket manages to swoop in and eat it. And she gets the picture. Yeah. She does get the shot. And we see the balloon go inside of Jean Jacket, but it can't digest it and there's too much going on and they explode together. Yeah, you hear it like pop and then it just causes it to explode too. And then we hear reporters outside saying, we're here live witnessing, you know, whatever. Like, Did they see that shit? Yeah, it sounds like it. And so the thing is, like, it's like, did they get footage of that exploding? What happened? Did they know what they were looking for? They have the shot, so they do still have something. Yeah. And so there's that moment of, like, we went through all of this. Did we accomplish what we need to? And then you can also see, like, her wondering, like... <laughs> Who died? Yeah. And then as the smoke clears, she sees OJ and OJ, he like arrives all Western-like. And it's she just gets so this cool. good smile right before yeah. the credits roll. I love his like entrance there. Yeah. Yeah. He gets his badass cowboy moment. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's wearing, by the way, a Scorpion King crew hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. And that's how the movie ends. Right. I'm keeping mine at a nine. I... I love this movie. Yeah. I, I loved it when we saw it in theaters. I still think about it pretty regularly. And now that we just rewatched it again, I'm going to be full of all kinds of thoughts again. It's one of those movies that does that to me. 
I really love it. I'm keeping it at a nine. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to bump mine to 925 because I think talking about it was really cool because I learned a lot of things in this episode. And watching it last night, I had a lot of fun. Like, it's just... It's just a good experience from start to finish. I don't feel bored. I don't, yeah. Like, I mean, it's a two-hour movie, but it's great the entire way through. Yeah. It's one of those that, like, it feels exactly the right length to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm glad it ended when it did. I think if it had dragged on any longer, it would have felt like it was dragging on. If it had ended sooner, there would have been too much unanswered questions. It would have cut up some of the, like, the mood of the moment. The yeah. tone and everything. I think it's exactly the right length, and I I didn't feel it doesn't feel like it's two hours. No, it doesn't. Um, personally, I think that this is my favorite Jordan Peele movie um, out of the three that he's done so far. Um, Get Out and this one are good. Us, I, I'll put us as kind of mid. I think Get Out is very closely tied. They're just such different movies. It's almost impossible to compare him to me. But I like that about him. I like that he's yeah. doing different things every single time. And I agree. And I think. I'm going to speculate some. I know we haven't gotten to user reviews yet or listener reviews yet, but I think a lot people love Get Out. It's a thriller. It's a socially important kind of story to tell. Yeah. Um, And you get an explanation for everything that happens, but not in a way that feels contrived, you know, because the bad guys are real human beings. You get the bad guy speech. Yeah. That all makes sense. Then we get us, which is a little bit more experimental. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem with us is that we get way too much explanation about what's happening. Yeah. I think if we had cut out a few of the scenes, I would absolutely adore us as it is. I really like us, but yeah. I do have some problems with it. Um, then we get to nope, which is like, all right, we're just going to get fucking weird and we're not going to get any explanation beyond what a human being in this moment would have. And I think a lot of people went from seeing Get Out, where you get the whole story laid out for you. It's a thriller. It's very, like, in our present setting. It's a thing most people can relate to. Yeah. Um, not the brain, you know, transplant. Yeah. But, like, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very grounded. Now we've got this Hollywood setting, this Western setting, and this... <clears throat> galactic setting and we don't get any explanation for things and if you've come to expect explanations and you don't get explanations it can be very jarring if you've come to expect a more grounded setting and you don't get a super grounded setting it can be very jarring and i get why people want to compare all of his works because he is a newer director yeah but i love that he is not afraid to do different things i think that is fantastic about him and i hope he does more weird shit like nope yeah i'm really so good at weird shit i'm really really curious to see what his fourth movie is gonna be yeah um and obviously like i fangirled really hard about jordan peele at the beginning of the episode and that still stands i mean like you said we've been like fans of him from like a for a whole other thing for a long time and then I like that he made the dive into this and he's made such a big impact. Well, and I mean, even in his Key and Peele days, he talked a lot about how much he loves horror and his horror skits were like silly, but like silly in a way that like a horror fan understands. As Tiger would say, he's true. Yeah, you he's true. Tell. Yeah, he's true. Um, okay. You know who else loved this movie? Who? Italians, are we? Talia had a great time. Oh, my God. This movie started, and Talia just, like, wouldn't stop playing. She was, like, having a good time. She was finding all of the squeaky toys, and she even got to, like, her favorite squeaky toy. She started pulling out crinkles. We had to, you know, remove the plastic so that way she doesn't swallow it. Yes. And we also readjusted the crinkle or the squeaker so she can't pull it out right away. Um, she did rest a little bit, but she, like, 
her eyes were wide open at the end and she sat straight up she was like holy shit yeah it was a wild ride for her yeah and zoe was on the couch most of the movie she was actually cuddled up on my lap for a good portion of it and then she moved to the dog bed yeah whenever shit got real she got closer to the tv yeah yeah she does like to do that near the end of the movie like she likes to lay on the floor like the dog bed is right in front of the tv she likes to lay right there yeah so i think talia she will give this a 9.5. She doesn't like the horse and chimpanzee death, but she doesn't really know any horses and chimpanzees, so it doesn't hit us personally. Well, she made the connection to her monkey, which we have named Funky Kong. Yeah. She's like, Gordy, Funky yeah. Kong. You know? Yeah. Okay. I get it. I heard Gordy is currently stuck in a Lunchables uh, toy. It's a little puzzle toy. Yeah. <laughs> um, she hasn't solved that puzzle yet. No. That's a tough one. <laughs> okay, Travis. Who'd you relate to? Who did I relate to? Oh, my God. I feel like I related. There were parts of each of them that I related to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to ultimately relate a little bit more to OJ because I've always been very much a keep my head down and keep working even when shit is miserable kind yeah. of person. Mm-hmm. I am a person that tends to not assert my own like authority and knowledge on stuff even when it is fully earned, which is a thing I'm working on as myself i love my sisters no okay <laughs> so um i'm gonna relate to oj purely for the fry scene walking through the <laughs> store because <laughs> i felt him in that moment there <laughs> with me grabbing my sour patch kids complimenting random people i see yep and then getting the dude that just doesn't <laughs> give a shit at the counter like that was just such a real experience and i related hard to him in that moment all right all right do we have a dream sequel for this? Um, okay, so I want to see kind of a role reversal where OJ and M have this fame that M was looking for. OJ wasn't necessarily. He just wanted the ranch to be successful. Yeah. Um, and now they've become kind of the animals that Hollywood's like trying to train. They're so, trying to get them? Yeah. So like, you know, they get this fame. They become big names and everybody wants a piece of them and they have to learn how to navigate like the Hollywood stuff. Okay. Do um, aliens come into play? I don't know if aliens necessarily have to come into play for it. Okay. Um, I, I think it can be a very, like a sequel based on the characters. Almost anthological, but not 100%. I like where you're going. I think I could also see a Tremors-esque type of deal where they had the first encounter. So anytime something happens, that's their thing. They are the wranglers of the aliens. Angel becomes the Burt Gummer. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Um, maybe they like, I guess like a weird thing where they like wrangle fucking aliens now, you know? You know, I do like that idea. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that there's and even... if anybody um, could make a Nope Tremors mashup work, it would be Jordan Peele. Well, there's even one, I think I could be completely wrong about who this is. It could be Romero, but there's one where they have completely tamed the zombies and are using them for entertainment pur- purposes. Where okay. they have them for like um, sports or like TV stuff like that. Oh um, shit! No, no, no! I oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh fuck! Yeah, I think it's a Romero one. I think it is. I could be wrong, but you know, it could be like a like one thing that like threaten our existence. No, is no, now... no, no, no! Wasn't that was the end of Shaun of the Dead? No, that's that is a thing. But this is like a whole movie okay. based around this, right? Okay, here. okay. Yeah, like where like one thing that. Well, could... then I don't know what you're talking about. I just know Shaun of the Dead. One thing that could be threatening <laughs> our existence has now been flipped on its head, and they 
like people have taken control of it and are using it for entertainment which is 100 percent the point of this movie so it would be kind of a continuation of it yeah so exactly i can see and, that yeah and like, that also does tie into the whole tremors thing too because we got the tremors arcade game and then the the tourist thing in tremors three yeah and, yeah exactly okay um all right new tagline what do you got i had this at the beginning but oh. i wanted to save it cool what is it yep yep because <laughs> <laughs> that's how i feel about this movie that's like the um the like southern like no yeah you know like how yeah, you do that no no yeah means yes and yeah no means no exactly yeah so this is like no yeah so, yeah like, no but yeah come on yeah yeah i like it yep, <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> okay all right so internet review all right, I want to know what you got. And I knew we were both high on this movie, so... Yeah, I picked an actual critic this time around. Okay, that's... I like that you did that. So I picked um, Mike Wassell. Okay. Um, I can't remember which publication he's with exactly, but you can look him up. Um, he's probably the lowest rating I found for this movie out there. But, okay, it's not a whole lot, but it's like a medium-sized review, so let's dive into it. What Pill doesn't have in Nope is a story or anything close to one. He has a situation, but it doesn't develop. It more or less stays where it starts with grander and louder versions of essentially the same scene. For the first 20 to 30 minutes, the audience waits for Nope to start. Then it realizes, oh no, this is it. To compensate for the lack of story, Pill leans into his own considerable virtuosity. Nope has lots of digressions and lots of showing off, Pill is particularly fond of cutting all sound and having the screen go black. A showing-off spirit can be healthy in a director. Hitchcock was a show-off, Scorsese was a show-off, and who's a bigger show-off than Quentin Tarantino? The main thing is never to confuse showing-off or telling a story. Then he goes on to give examples of like Tarantino doing it, and I'm not going to do that. In terms of story, that's just about it for the next 110 minutes. The Haywoods face an alien threat hiding it behind an unmoving cloud just above their property. Everything that follows is people either talking about it or something irrelevant, or trying to do something about it, but no one can ever do much about anything in the middle of a movie. The action must be stretched. There are a couple of good scenes. One involves a homicidal chimpanzee going on a rampage on the set of a sitcom, and a sardonic touch that feels very Jordan Peele, an applause sign flashes on and off in the background. Peele gets some humor out of Kaluuya's forlorn deadpan and mileage out of the eeriness of an abandoned theme park. And the sky, pale, blue, and vast, beautiful and threatening, becomes an ongoing and unsettling sight. For those who want to feel smart, you can even distract yourself by catching movie references. For example, a sitcom actress whose face was destroyed by the monkey attack bears a distinct resemblance to Norman's mother in Psycho. But you know why we have time to look at the sky or notice movie references? It's because Nope is 135 minute bore. With, P with Pill unable to make even an alien attack exciting, Every so often, an obviously talented person makes a bad movie, and that's what we have in Nope. The talent is there. The movie is dead on the screen. I think this is another case of somebody coming in with different expectations. Because, again, like I said, with Nope and even with us, even if people didn't like us as much as they liked Get Out, those were both much more thriller. Mm -hmm. And this is a different kind of movie, and I think people went into it with certain expectations. And, you know, not only is it Jordan Peele who's done two hit thrillers mm -hmm. um 
it's an alien movie and aliens are always big explosion. Pow, 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 pow. We got to yeah. connect the computers to the alien spaceship. <laughs> Fuck science. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's not what this movie is. It The alien is helping us tell a different story. It's not a story about an alien. It's a story about mankind's arrogance. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I know that makes me sound like a pretentious fucking twat, but I don't care because that is... That is the story. I get it, but you know, I think that for people wanting that, I think it's a fair criticism. Yeah, and I, I get totally it. understand where this person yeah, is coming from. Yeah, if you want to watch an alien movie and that's what you're going for, absolutely, I can understand why this movie wouldn't work for you because it's not. Ultimately, it's not an alien movie. That's not how I would describe it to yeah. anybody. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I think that he makes a good point where, like, it is just, like, a bunch of situations. Like, the story is that they want to... But that's what stories are. They they want to take a picture of it, and there's not a whole lot of developments other than that. It's just them having, like, multiple encounters with it, and then that is the movie. And then it ends with them having a final encounter where they manage to get the picture but the point of those multiple encounters is that they learn more about it each time and they are professional animal wranglers so they learn about look i get it like i get where he's coming from yeah no i'm not i'm trying to say like i get it and that's not a wrong take because i think it's perfectly fair to have that feeling toward this movie yeah they're making valid points Yes. I just happen to like that about this movie. I think that yes. it works for me. I think if you are a person that is looking for a fast-paced alien attack movie, this is not the movie for you, and I would not recommend it to you. Yeah. Um, I think it has its other merits, but I do understand why people would go in expecting one thing and be and disappointed. It is a long movie. And it is so. a long movie. So it's a big time commitment. It's like what we were talking about with Skin of a Rink earlier. Like, we both can tell just from what we've heard from it it's not a movie that immediately appeals to us and to sink that much time into it is going to be a gamble. So we're trying to decide when we want to personally take that gamble. Yeah, I get it. So. Yeah, so, all right. So that was their take. Let's see what everybody on our social media had to say. So we'll start off on Twitter. We actually had one, or not Twitter. Let's start off with Instagram. We had one come in while we were recording here. This just in. Uh, it's Michael E. Howard. Okay. It says, just finished Nope. I have put it off not knowing what exactly it's about. And wow, I am pleasantly surprised. Did not expect the direction it went. This is definitely a 9 out of 10 for me. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Once again, Michael, right on our level. We're like always <laughs> on the same. It's <laughs> so crazy. Get uh, out of our brains, man. <laughs> the Horror Fried Podcast. We love the cast, but bed sheets aren't scary. I don't. Uh, I told oh, them, like it looks like bed sheets in the sky. Yeah, I told them it looked more like a cowboy hat. And yeah, yeah, I just think it does. I think it looks more like a bat. And I think sheets can be scary. I remember when Michael Myers was a bed sheet. Ghost Bob. Ghost Bob. That was scary. Uh, uh, like, yeah, I get. It's a very fantastical representation of an alien, and it's not particularly scary looking until you remember that it's like several hundred yards wide and in the sky. Um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it doesn't look like a thing that we see in real life. So I think that makes it scary to me. It makes it scary to me, but I can understand why it's not scary to other people. Cause they're like, this isn't realistic. Same reason people, some people don't like ghost movies. Cause yeah. they're like, I don't believe in ghosts. Yeah. I get it. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. 
I'm kind of one of those people. I don't really find ghost stuff super scary because I can't really relate to it super hard. Yeah, but we have a lot of fun watching paranormal activities. We do. I mean, those can be scary sometimes. It's just, yeah. You got to do it the right way. Robert Atone says, meh. And I did follow up asking why he said meh. I was going to say, once again, Robert, I'm asking for more detail. <laughs> so I got it here. <laughs> says, I feel like it just never got into high gear for me. It okay. just kind of went along, wanted to be Sky Jaws, have us one or two likable characters. Good God, his sister should have died and <gasps> just didn't give us a satisfying ending. But he did dig the Akira reference. Okay. And again, that's fair. I feel like it didn't have necessarily a huge... I wouldn't be able to pick a specific moment as the climax for the movie, except for maybe like the big chase scene where they do get the footage. That's got to be the climax, yeah. But it is a lot of like throughout the movie, you get those peaks and valleys, which I think Mm -hmm. you need, especially in a two-hour movie, you need to have that throughout. I can't just be like ramping up the whole way through and then dropping down. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But yeah, I get his point with that. Cube Save says, this is the first of his movies I think I connected to. I like it. And also, oh, I also love alien stuff done well so all right i like that i like that this is somebody who likes the movie that also likes that it's an alien movie yeah me too especially after what we just said about not really caring that it's an alien (laughs) (laughs) i I like that perspective on it okay now over to twitter we have aquile boobs he says i love daniel kuluya he's a fantastic actor but this movie was just all right for me I was honestly more interested in the chimp story the whole time as opposed to the stupid alien cloud. It was okay, had its moments, better than us, but doesn't touch Get Out. I think the problem with the chimp story, I think it serves a very important foil to... Foil is not the right word. Um, It serves a very important, like, thematic tie-in to the jean jacket stuff um, that we've already talked about. But... I feel like seeing it, it first, yeah, it does kind of like ramp you up for that for the rest of the movie. I think it provides you more immediate fear compared to what else we get in the movie. Like every time you get glimpses of that, it's like dread the entire time. Okay, but here's also the thing is that accidents really do happen on movie sets. We really do have multiple cases of... Um, primates attacking humans like you know we've mentioned travis and harambe like those are just two immediate like super popular instances mm-hmm. aliens i'm not gonna go into all of that um but i can see how like you can't argue that chimps exist you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it's true i mean it's very factual it's it's a much more grounded type of thing. Very recorded, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are actually ancestors, kind of. Like, we're related in a way. I'm sure there are chimp deniers out there. Chimp deniers out there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> same as the people that don't think birds are real. Man, these... No, that's a satire conspiracy movement. I know. I'm Okay. Yeah. So is this right here. I, I doubt people don't think chimps are real. I Come bet on. there's, like, one person out there right now that's a conspiracy theorist that's like, they don't take me seriously. They'll see you someday. <laughs> okay. Kevy Kev says, excellent cinema. Everything hit acting, sound design, creature design, cinematography, script. It's a banger. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it checked all those boxes for me too, honestly. Everything there just works for me. I can understand why it doesn't work for a lot of others. But I like, I mean, I know we've spent two hours waxing poetic on it, but I fucking love this movie. Yeah, for real, dude. I agree with everything Kevin said. Yeah. 
Dr. Rhodes says, in my honest opinion, it was overhyped. Could have been worse, could have been better. And I think that there is some truth to that because I do believe Jordan Peele is a great director, but I think that he kind of receives his fair share of a lot of hype, which kind of makes it hard for him to live up to certain people's expectations sometimes. He has earned his flowers, and I think because of that, people expect him to do that every single time, which I think is kind of ironic because then we look at what, like, the the parable that this is in terms of like a hollywood experience yeah that this has become such a divisive movie for him i think that's kind of funny it's kind of blowing my mind i didn't realize it was as divisive as it is but, yeah you know here we are um let's see parafet bob briggs says eh it was okay it's clearly a bar bet movie. Like, Jay Pill was in the bar, and his friends were like, you can't make a movie about one-eyed purple people eater and have people even care about it. I suspect the response by Jay Pill was, hold my beer. <laughs> okay. I would like, I like to take this. this moment to play the song for Travis, and I probably won't play this on air, but Travis... Last night, when Antlers was quoting one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater, Travis was like, what? Is this real? Like, is this a thing? And I was like... Yeah, I've it's, never heard it's of on it. every Halloween fucking playlist ever. Okay, I can see it. Yeah, I can totally see it. Yeah, so now Travis has heard <laughs> at least part of that song. He knows it's real. Honestly, um, <laughs> I love the concept of a bar bet movie. And you know what? If I would want anybody to do it, I would want it to be somebody like Jordan Peele, who I think can handle his shit. And even if it is a bar bet movie... He fucking wins on my judging. I mean, if it were a Barbet movie, I think that he did a great job making a movie about that right there to like what it is. But there. I also think if you take a lot of movie concepts and like distill them down, it's easy to make them sound silly. Yeah, for real. But I, I'm sure that there are Barbet movies out there. I would love to hear like actual examples of one. Big Chungus, the perfect name. Nope is a nope for me. Oh, that's like a fucking like. That's on Listen, the poster right there. Yeah, I mean, that's really good coffee, but I would like to know more why, Chungus, yeah. please. I I get what you're saying. I respect your opinion. I would like to understand where your opinion comes from. That's, like, really, we're not here to, like, either overpraise movies or shit on movies. Like, we just want to understand why people do and do not like them. Yeah. So, please, uh, if you hear this, let us know. I would also like to know what a Chungus is. Dead tan. <laughs> Deadton says, nope, it's amazing. I saw it in IMAX and was so important that when it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it on disc. Listen, please don't. And guys, I'm begging you, please don't mention seeing things in IMAX to Travis. He's really butthurt. We don't have IMAX close to us. We don't have real IMAX. He's really sad about it, and I have to hear about it often. It is kind of upsetting, honestly. <laughs> I would love to watch something in IMAX one day. Um, Amanda, she says, three out of five. Could have been a much better short film or Twilight Zone episode. I'm beginning to think Get Out was an accident. Okay, <laughs> I could see how this would be really great for a short or a Twilight episode, mm -hmm. Twilight Zone episode, because it's one of those that if you have the mystery of it, it's really scary. I like what he did with it as a full story. I do I too. Can, I can see the potential for it being a short film as well. I think it's even funnier. No, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, and if Get Out is your thing, I can also understand how this is not to be too funny. Um, this is an alienating movie. Ah, uh, um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's different. But, you know, I 
I like when directors do different things. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool that he's exploring what he wants to do, something different, not trying to, like, cash in and just, like, keep making the same shit over and over again. Yeah. Um, But also, I think it's funny that she says Twilight or Twilight Zone because he did, like, the Twilight Zone reboot thing. Well, I think that's maybe what she... I hoped that's what she was referencing. Maybe. I I heard it was really bad, so I'm glad that he didn't put it on Twilight Zone. (laughs) Either way, I I get it. I get it. Big Fat Media Bomb says, Slickly shot, overwrite mess alternates between pretension and incomprehensibility. Think Zontara, the thing that wouldn't shut up directed by Spielberg after a three-day bender. Casanois especially. Palmer and Yun. I was on Team Jean Jacket from the get-go. Nope, indeed. Thumbs down. Okay, see, this is why I said that some people might find M obnoxious. Yeah, I can understand. I mean, I guess for some people, she's not exactly like an endearing personality. I I like her. I find her very endearing. Yeah, I get it too. I mean... Um, I also, I like Daniel Kaluuya's character, too. I think that he's, he's a person that you would get to know. You know what I mean? Like I would like to know Kiki him. Kiki Palmer's character is one that, like, she will get to know you. Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya's is one that you get to know. Yeah. Um, And I think that they're both, they're both people that I would be friends with. I, I would like, be like, I am friends with the Haywood siblings. That's yeah. how I would phrase it. <laughs> I feel like everybody in the movie feels pretty real. I mean, yeah. they're all people that, like, personally, I'm attracted to personality-wise. Like, you know, like, I want to get to know these types of people. Yeah. But I totally understand that they're not your people. Yeah, cool. I mean. Steven Yeun is kind of an asshole, so I get that one. Like, I'm glad he kind of gets eight. He had that one coming. Yeah, he's got little horsey munchables going up to an alien. That's <laughs> dick behavior. Yeah. I want to know Steven Yen as a person, though, because he just seems really nice. Exactly. He's too nice for this role. He seems like he'd give Again. really good hugs. And I'm not a hugger, but it just, like, you know what I mean? Like, Maybe. I don't know if he's like, the hugging type. I I'm not like... the hugging type either, but, like, sometimes you can just be like, that person would give good hugs. You know what I mean? All right. Well, to cap this all off, speaking <laughs> of hugging types, we have Chad here. <laughs> Chad is our friend here. He um, He's a I'm very... Leaving- all of this in for you, Chad, because I know you listen. <laughs> <laughs> I just choked on my beer. <laughs> um, Chad says, my fave film movie, and the only negative I had about it is uh, this movie. And it's good. All right, okay. My fave film movie, and the only negative I have about this movie, and it's a complaint I never have about films, is that I wish it was actually a bit longer. Then Hoitoma, or Hotima is only rivaled by Roger Deakins as the best cinematographer working. All right. Yeah, no, I feel like every time we see uh, Chad Mandy, we talk about um, movies that we love because they're so short. Yeah. And, like, they know to be short. So, yeah, we should have a, like, discussion about movies that, like, earned their length, too. Yeah, for real. I mean, I do feel like this one did. I mean, I think we'll it's a perfect... We'll see you guys Sunday and we'll talk about it. That's right. <laughs> I think that this movie's a perfect length. I don't think it's a second too long or too short i think it did exactly what it needed to do it didn't yeah. overstay its welcome it didn't like get, get things done too quickly Although, i guess i could see it being something like midsummer where like that movie felt the perfect length even if it was long in theaters and then we watched the director's cut and it was just like oh my god the three hour cut is yeah really good. and it adds so much and like it even though it definitely is three hours like you don't watch it and you're like wow i'm watching a three hour movie you're like yeah the thing is with this right here i feel like there's so much that just doesn't get explained, and like I think I, it's good it doesn't get explained. Exactly. Like if you add more time and you're not offering explanations, I don't really feel like it serves a purpose at that point. 
But, you know, more flying cowboy hat is always good, too. So, Yeehaw! Yeehaw. All right. Well, yeehaw for this episode, y'all, because that's it. That's all of our reviews. <laughs> okay. So next week, we are starting dun, dun, dun. our dun, dun, next dun, dun, franchise. Dun, 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 dun. We're talking about Saul. We are talking about Saul. And right now, you can currently watch it on Pluto TV for free. Oh. Uh, YouTube with a primetime subscription. Stars. Uh, Prime, Hulu with a premium subscription, Sling TV with a premium subscription, YouTube TV, which I think already is a premium subscription, um, Philo premium subscription. You can also rent it from Google Play, Redbox, or Vudu uh, for $4 each, or you could spend $4 on like a 10-pack of it at Walmart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can get the whole There's series. There's not really even cheap. 10 movies yet, um, but like you can buy a 10-pack at yeah, Walmart. They just give you another copy of the first movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, we're going to have a lot to say about it. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I yeah. fucking love this series. I think yes. we've watched this uh, series so many times that we will have a lot to talk about, I think. Yeah, so. uh, like I'm so fucking ready for it, dude. Yeah, for real. Uh, we've been waiting for the right time to like, it's kind of like with Scream. Scream felt right when we dug into it and it feels right to go into Saw from that. This right here, okay, so we did Friday 13th was... That was one. one that we were both like so, kind of needing to explore our feelings yeah. on it. So we had that. Then we had my franchise. Then we went to your franchise. And I feel like this one is actually our franchise together. I feel like yeah. we both have the same amount of like, we came with it with the same thing. I Yeah. And like, I need you guys to understand how big of saw nerds we are. Like my glasses say piranha and we yeah. have various piranha like. In our bathroom, yeah. Like a piranha. Well, and part of that's Piranha 3D because we're also big Piranha 3D fans. Josh like Stolberg, I'm so glad you're involved in Saw X. I love you. Um, yeah, he doesn't get involved until later, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I wish he was in some of these early ones, but we'll talk about him soon enough. Yeah. Um. So it, yeah, we're just it's gonna be this is gonna be a really fun one for us. I feel like we're in our groove of things. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited. So watch it where you can, and yeah. um, get prepared. In the meantime, though, if you Prepare want to be tested, <laughs> anything else, uh, we are on social media. Yeah, you can find us on the various um, social meds under different names, depending on what the character length is. So mm-hmm. on Twitter, we are Least Fave Pod. On Instagram and Threads, we're Least Favorite Scary Movie Podcast. We're our full name on Facebook. You can find us on our website, which is leastfavoritescarymovie.com. And you can also email us at leastfavoritescarymovie at gmail.com. Yep. Um, we also have a Patreon mm-hmm. where you can um, sign up for all kinds of perks like bonus episodes and mm-hmm. other things that we have on there. Early access to episodes. Um, sometimes it's just a shout out. We, um, sometimes it's voting power. It depends on what tier you subscribe to. They've also, you can cut this if you want, but started a thing where you can integrate it into Spotify, which we may be doing here soon. So Yeah, we're trying to get a little bit more information on that. We want to make sure it doesn't mess up our Patreon feed for our existing patrons. Yeah. Speaking of, we'd like to give a special thank you yeah. to Eric and Vivi of Shaken Not Scared, mm-hmm. Joe, Freakatron. as is his name, Amber and Michael. Yeah, thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We yeah. really appreciate y'all. Yes, it makes a big difference to us. Um, and if you want to support us in non-financial ways, you can definitely do that by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whatever platform you listen to, especially if you listen on Spotify, just because we host our show through, what is it called now? Uh, Spotify for Podcasters. Spotify for Podcasters, yeah. formerly Anchor. Um, so that makes a big deal for us. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, if we have more 
subscribers and listeners, then it it helps the algorithm push all us a little platforms. bit. All platforms, yes, yeah. on all platforms, but um, you know, especially where we host, it makes a big difference. Apple, it also makes a really big difference, just yes. because that's where most of you are listening. Most at. people listen on Apple. That's the biggest podcast and platform. <laughs> yeah, and um, we really like to get the reviews on there it yeah. makes us feel nice when we read good reviews and we've got a really high rating right now and that makes us feel really good so yeah thanks thank everybody you. for you know doing that we really appreciate yeah, it yeah so we appreciate that we appreciate you all and we're really excited for things to come all right so tune in this weekend where we do our scream wrap up and then we'll be talking about saw next week all right all right see Bye. y'all Bye.